Welcome, everyone, to episode 235 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Uh, no Eric this week. Eric is on his way home from Virginia, where I'll let him talk about it, but he was he was apartment hunting with his fiance, so uh, I'll let him talk about all that. Hopefully he... I don't know if he's going to be on... Do you know if he's going to be on before his wedding? I don't... I doubt it. Okay. Yeah. And even after his wedding, he's got to move, so... so maybe next week, but... Definitely, probably not the week. Not the of week of the wedding, yeah. And then maybe a week, the week after, we'll keep you posted. Um, hopefully, we can get him in one more in studio before he moves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, today's topic is going to be the 2016 games preview part two. We initially weren't going to do two parts, but as we finished up our part one, we realized how many games we didn't end up covering that are supposed to come out in 2016 at some point. So we figured we would. Uh, Take some time and cover those games. Right, fellas? Yeah. Uh, anyone have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode? I've got a big one. Yeah, I do, too. Go ahead, Will. Uh, well, I played more Dying Light. Rise of the Tomb Raider. I want to talk a little bit about Fallout 4. Uh, and I played more Skyrim, Halo 5, and I played some Smite. Nice. Smite, huh? Yeah. Cool. Using my one makes me play that every now and again. Gotcha. Corey, anything to tease? I do, actually. A couple things I'm excited to talk about. Uh, a couple big early 2016 releases in the form of Pony Island. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about Pony Island. Just your review uh, card. Okay. And uh, that Dragon Cancer. Oh, you did play that. Oh, okay. Yes. And oh, then, uh, Dan, uh, I know you were playing a lot of this as well. Oh, yeah. Dragon's Dogma, yep. Dark Arisen. We'll be talking about the the port. I put about thirty one hours into it so far since Jeez. since Friday. It's been out a week, so almost a week. So we'll we'll talk a lot about that later, specifically the port, but also it as a game in general because it's been a while since we've covered it. So yeah, we covered it early, early on in the the genesis of the podcast. D- did it come out? It was either the the first year or early in the like second year. It was what what do we start two thousand eleven. Yeah. So it was either so, late 2011 or early 2012. It came out in early 2012, I think. I was gonna. That was my so, guess as well. I think I because it says on the screen like when it when it came out. So I believe it was 2012. I don't remember the date, but I remember it was a midnight launch that I went to. It was for Dragon's Dogma and one of the Ghost Recons, and there was like eight people there. For the, for I was the gonna launch. say they did a midnight release for Dragon's Dogma. It seems like back then they did a midnight release for every game. Uh, yeah, now that they don't. No, they don't. They only do them for really, really big releases now. Even some of the like triple A's that aren't necessarily huge releases, um, they won't do them for even just the really <laughs> big games. It has to have a hundred pre-orders for them to do one. Yeah, yeah. There was eight people there. I was only one there for Dragon's Dogma. I was gonna say. I wonder if. Uh corporate makes them do midnight releases for certain games depending on their relationship with the publisher that might have been but i i feel like that was the era where they did midnight launches for just about everything it felt like it yeah because there's a lot of games where i was just like i don't need to have that at midnight you know i think (laughs) i just it was just convenient for me to go pick up dragon's dogma at midnight for whatever reason I don't was it do you remember what game it was with it was one of the tom clancy's ghost recon games Wow, two heavy hitters there. Yeah, well, like I said, there there was eight people at the midnight <laughs> launch at the 
at our local GameStop there, and uh, I was the only one there for Dragon's Dogma. It came out May 22nd, Dan, by the way, 2012. Okay, yeah. I figured it was kind of early. But anyway, let's get into our 2016 Games Preview Part 2. Corey, why don't you start us with the first game? I have a game that I've been hearing a lot about, but I knew nothing about the game itself uh, until recently. And that game is called Cobalt. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you guys know anything about Cobalt. Uh, I've, I've heard the name and I've looked into it, but it was I feel like it was a while ago. So I don't remember anything about it. So it's named after the main character of the game. His name is Cobalt. <clears throat> uh, and it's an action platforming side-scroller by Oxide Game Studio. I tried to do a little research to see what they did. Uh, I don't think anybody would recognize any of the games that they have made in the past, one of those. Uh, but it's published by Mojang. Didn't we determine it was pronounced Mojang? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, the develop- Oxide themselves said you will see a lot of bullet time and multiplayer. Those are the two features they were really touting with the game. Huh. And the best way I can describe it is uh, the art style's sort of reminiscent of Super Meat Boy. Oh, cool. But uh, it's obviously more detailed and science fiction-y with guns and action and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so in the trailers and stuff we've watched, you see the, the bullet time and the you can roll around to deflect bullets. There's punching. Uh, there's a number of different game modes. Capture the flag. Deathmatch. Team Strike, which is like a one life only, like SWAT in Halo. And survival, and there's an adventure mode. But you can also create your own maps with the in-game map editor that will launch with the game. Nice. It's actually, I guess the game itself has been around since 2011. But this is like the final official. Is it early access? No, it's just one of those things that they put out like a prototype. Okay. And it's just sort of been in development here and there, and it's finally coming to fruition. Uh, but it actually did get a release date of February 2nd, so that's right oh, around wow. the corner. But it looked really cool, so if uh, anybody has any interest, I don't know, Dan will. Yeah. I'd have to see. If it's like 15, yeah. if it's 15 20 bucks, I'll probably get it. The problem yeah. is there's a lot there's a few, a lot of indies coming out in February that I'm going to buy, so. Cuz Yep. Uh, Unravel's coming out early, and then Firewatch and uh, Mighty Number no. Nine are both coming out early in February, along with XCOM too. Is the Mighty Number no. Nine coming out then? Yeah, it's something will change. The ninth, supposedly. That one's been delayed a bunch of times. So, okay, uh, I'll go next. Uh, Pokemon Go, developed by Niantic and published by the the Pokemon Company. It's an augmented reality Pokemon game for iOS and Android. Um, we had talked about this being a good idea before we even heard about it. It was many years ago, and I heard that this game's been in development since 2012, which is very possible, or it's been in the planning stages, I guess, since 2012, and it's very possible that someone at Nintendo heard us talk about it and thought it was a good idea and decided to oh, steal, the, steal our idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently different types of Pokemon will be available only in certain areas. For example, water Pokemon will only live near water. That's a fairly obvious one, but it'll be interesting to see the breakdown of of Pokemon populations in various areas. Uh, It'll be released alongside the Pokemon Go Plus, which is a wearable that can alert the player when a Pokemon is nearby. 
Uh, apparently it's got LEDs on it and will vibrate when something's nearby. You can <laughs> attach it to a wristband or a watch or a necklace or something or like a belt loop, I guess. Uh, and apparently there's a there's a button you can push on it that'll like do I guess an auto capture. Uh, so I guess it'll it'll auto capture if there's an easier Pokemon, so you don't have to like pull out your phone and and look and see what it was. So I was gonna say you said if it's an easier Pokemon, yeah. If it's a legendary, you still gotta yeah, whip I, out your Pokeball and probably I I, I don't friends. know if it has a way of notifying <laughs> you like if the the vibration gets like super intense if something crazy is nearby that you need to know about. Your phone's Haven't decided. shaking. Yeah, but they decided to go with a, a unique wearable due to the high cost of smartwatches. I can imagine at some point there will be a smartwatch app, but for right now they're just going with the Go Plus as an, uh, an attachment for the game. So I'm really excited for for Pokemon Go. Yeah, interesting to see what they're what they're going to do with it. Even though I'm 32 and probably too old for such things. I hope they really are really uh, diligent about where they put. Pokemans. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, just one small town in Alaska is the only place you can get Articuno. Yeah. Which which would work, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a really interesting idea. Uh, I wonder if they kind of alluded to that this game was coming. I don't know if you remember uh, April Fool's a few years ago, maybe 2014 or maybe even last year, they did the, the Pokemon finding on Google Maps thing. I wonder if that was any relation to Pokemon Go, if they had some sort of mm-hmm. viral marketing type of thing. That could very well be. Yeah. I but thought did, that one. Do we know if they're going to allow trading? There, Yeah, you can trade. Trade, battle, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine being that one guy who lives in that small town in Alaska that's just farming Articunos <laughs> for the rest of the world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's that's where the beauty of this this type of game is. I think. Yeah, I think it's definitely. a really interesting concept, and uh, you know, Nintendo has the has the capability of pulling something like this off. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited. It was weird to cover a mobile game. Yeah, you're right. I felt like I had to. Do you feel dirty now, Dan? No, no. I mean, it's Nintendo, so no, I don't feel very dirty. Okay. But it's augmented reality, too. It's not It's not uh, Candy Crush Saga 2, you know? Mm. So. Fair enough. All right, go ahead, Will. What do you got? Uh, My first one is Halo Wars 2. Now, when I picked this game, I thought there was a little more information on it out there. Uh Come to find out there isn't. It's yeah. being developed by Creative Assembly uh, with some help from 343 Industries. It's set to come out quarter three or four of 2016 for the Xbox One and Windows 10. Now, I'm wondering if they're going to have cross-platform play for this game. Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. They should, right? Yeah, yeah I think. Because if they're trying to make uh, the one and the computer become more of like one entity, sort of, mm-hmm. uh there should be cross yeah, platform play, there's, right? There's a few other games that are doing cross platform multiplayer between the PC and Xbox One. Uh, Fable F- Fable Legends is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves is one of them. Oh, Sea of Thieves is doing uh, that. Gigantic is doing that too. Oh wow! So yeah, it is a more common practice. Creative Assembly has done a few uh, strategy games too. Uh, yep. Were they? They didn't do uh, Age of the Empires. First one? Uh, no, that was uh, ensemble. 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 I always get those two confused. But Creative Assembly, they've done a few a few strategy games in, in the past. Uh, did I'm they do sure. the first one? Total no, War. They, they Total didn't. War. 
Total War. Okay. That's a pretty so, good um, strategy pedigree. Good, yeah, exactly. That's a pretty good developer for it. So, I mean, I loved the first Halo Wars. I know some people didn't. Uh, but I thought it was an awesome game, so yeah. I'm pretty excited to see what they do with this one. I actually never played the Halo Wars, but I will definitely be getting this one. No. Wow. I maybe maybe I played it briefly, like at your house. Uh-huh. You had it, but what? Uh, I don't know. I like Halo, and I really like strategy games. So when it came out, I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. So. Well, Halo was initially supposed to be a strategy game, but then really? they changed it to a first-person shooter. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, why did they switch? I don't know. I'm gonna look. It's that a good up. thing they did because they put Xbox on the map, really. Cause that yeah, because I don't. That was what RTS lured me. Do it. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> that was what lured me to get an Xbox way back in the day, the original. Oh really? Of, instead of a uh, PlayStation Two, I guess. I didn't know that either. Yep. Huh. Playing it at a friend's house, I was enamored with the original Halo, so. So that's when you got one. Yep. I didn't know that. Wow. Which friend was it? Uh, Kyle. Oh, it was Kyle. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was him or Graham. Yep. Nope. Kyle. All right. But uh, that's it for Halo Wars Two. Sounds good. What do you got, Corey? I've got a game called Elder Scrolls Legends. Ooh. Game I'm actually kind of excited about since they teased it at E3 a little bit. I think they had a teaser trailer. I don't recall exactly. But. It's a collectible card game set in the Elder Scrolls universe. There is literally no information about it. Yeah. It's coming to iOS and PC, and it's being developed by Dire Wolf Digital, which is another studio that has made a few games you've never heard of. Maybe you have, but I hadn't. Uh, and that's really all we know. I went on the – there's a dedicated subreddit, uh, tried to read a bunch of preview, preview articles. They really don't know anything, but mm. it's supposed to come out this year. Yeah. There's and, actually a few games that I wanted to cover that had no information about them, so I was just like, well, I'll just pick something else. But go ahead, Corey. That's all. That's oh. that's really that's that's all we know, and coming that's all this, I have to say about it. Coming this year, allegedly. Right. Allegedly. All right. Uh, my next game also doesn't have a ton of information, but it's an interesting game. Is The Legend of Zelda. Uh, it's developed and published by Nintendo. Obviously, it's going to be the first open-world Zelda game uh, where the player is given the freedom to traverse the landscape as they see fit. Uh, it's more open-world. I know some people had said, like, uh, Wind Waker was kind of open-world, but it really wasn't. You were kind of... You kind of had to follow things in order, and uh, the areas were isolated by the huge ocean that you had to traverse. So, um, yeah. this one this one has uh, apparently multiple ways you can get to things and, and you can go in different orders to accomplish different objectives. But what I thought what I thought was interesting about this is a lot of people want to see this as a maybe not only on the Wii U but also as a launch title for the NX, the Nintendo's new console. So it'd be interesting was, to see what they end up doing with it. I was gonna joke NX exclusive. Yeah. Um I mean who knows? I think they should put it on both, I really do. Like they did with uh um, Twilight Princess on GameCube yep. and, and Wii. There's no reason not to do that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't. I still don't know what the NX is, but yeah, I've been reading a lot of like rumors about it. It's pretty interesting stuff. I think there's a nibble bit, right? There is a nibble bit. Corey, did Ooh. you post that so we can talk about it? I'm sorry. The in the Ninten- chat. What's the, up? The Nintendo NX yes. rumors. Okay, yes. so we'll talk about that later. Um, 
but yeah, it's interesting. I hope to hear more about it. So yeah, same here. Will go ahead. Uh, my next one is Terraria Otherworld. Now this got announced, I think last year and was supposed to come out, but I don't think it ever did. But this is set in an alternate dimension within the Terraria universe, places uh, players in a struggle to restore the corrupted world. Uh, there's a couple new features in this, uh, like new items, furniture, enemies. It's more defensive style of game, and you can like set parrots that can be upgraded and help defend an area. There are dedicated wing equip slots, so you can like fly in around and stuff. Nice. Uh, different ways to fight corruption. The new corrupted forms of areas, such as dirt and snow. Uh, there's going to be weather in the game. An example is lightning, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, don't don't be uh, wielding your sword and out when there's a lightning storm, right? Yeah, it'll attract all the electricity. Or wearing your uh, and there's a few other stuff, like uh, grappling hooks, uh, new crafting areas, and enemies. So I'm pretty interested in this game. It's supposed to come out, I don't think, I think over the summer of this year, I think I read. Hmm. So nice. I'm excited for it. Well, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It looks pretty awesome too. Like it looks Terraria like has a nice art style, but this look looks better in my opinion. What platforms? Uh, PC that I'm aware of. Okay. Because I think Terraria pretty soon is coming to the 3DS, which I think is a perfect fit for it. Uh, it's one of those games like Minecraft that's out for everything. Yeah. Uh, it's so even on it's on mobile devices and stuff too. Yeah, there's like no reason to not play it. Yeah, really. Uh, all I'm seeing is PC as of right now. Okay, that's the only announce. It'll probably come to everything, like you said, eventually. Yeah, at some point. All right. Uh, Corey, next game. Yes, I have another game that I'm excited about. I thought the trailer for it was cool anyway. Called Recore. Do you guys remember the E3? Yes, I do. Record teaser. Yes, I do. So it's an action-adventure game for Xbox One and PC. As I mentioned, it was revealed at E3 last year. It's the one with the woman in the desert with the robot dog. And they run into some bad guy robots, and the dog explodes to destroy the robots. And then the woman picks up the glowing sphere that was in the robot dog and inserts it into a human robot guy it's probably called a core yeah if i had to guess (laughs) that's a good guess and uh activates the robot man and Uh they seem to know each other so almost like the the soul of the dog is within that core yeah uh it's developed by concept which is a studio founded by i'm gonna butcher his name but kg inafune Yep. who made uh, yeah. some of the first Mega Man games mm-hmm. and partnered with Armature, who did Metroid Prime 3 and Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate. Is that DLC? No, that Blackgate is, I think, mobile. Mobile, okay. Mobile and or Vita, I think. Okay. So it's a interesting pairing for a game that I thought would just be one of those action-adventure... Well, I guess Metroid kind of fits with what I the vibe I got. Yeah. Um, but then uh, another game that's the we just saw the teaser. We have no no info about. Yeah, it's supposed to come out second quarter of this year. I, the teaser contained enough elements in it that I'm interested in the game. You know, yes. 
the the woman wandering in the, in a desert in a ruinous desert with a robot dog. Um, you know, it's kind of science fictiony, so that's immediately piques my interest. Um, yeah, it's it's inter- look, interesting looking anyway. Glad it's coming to PC too. Hmm. Yeah. That it, Corey? That's it. All right. Uh, my next game is called Hyper Light Drifter. Coming to PC, Mac, Linux, Xbox One, PS4, Wii U, and PS Vita. Developed by Heart Machine. It is a 2D action RPG inspired by Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, and Diablo. You play as the Drifter, who is searching for a cure to his disease. Uh, apparently it harkens back to SNES days, where games were perfectly crafted to fit the system. Which I thought was an interesting concept. Um, it's supposedly supposedly a little more focused than a lot of the a lot of the games out there nowadays. But uh, really, the most striking thing about Hyper Light Drifter is the art style, which is very very nice looking. Um, you definitely have to see the game in action to truly appreciate it. But it's a definitely definite buy on my on my list. I've been waiting for this one for for quite a while. It was announced, well, maybe like three years ago. Uh, and development, it was kickstarted like maybe three years ago or two years, a while ago. Um, yeah, like two years ago, I think. Yeah, they've had to delay it a few times and the, the creator, um, has had health problems. He's, he's spent his life fighting heart disease, hence the drifter character, uh, looking for a cure to his disease. So very interesting stuff. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah. It's a neat looking game. I watched someone play it on Twitch for a while. There, maybe it was IGN or someone like that, uh, do a fairly lengthy playthrough of it, and it looked really good. So, mm-hmm. it's all gonna matter how it plays, you know. Uh, is there a window for it to come out? No, just no. 2016. And gameplay doesn't matter in video games. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> what are you drinking? What is that orange? It's uh, water with Mio energy flavoring. Oh, ca- oh I, can't, I meant to try that. It's good. It's a little caffeine boost and flavor for the water. Sometimes you just get sick of coffee. Yeah. Well, I never get sick of coffee, but um, I don't always like drinking hot beverage all day. So. And you're not a nice coffee drinker? Uh, yeah, but meh. It's, it, I, I like to drink a lot of water, so. And this is a way of flavoring it and caffeinating it. So, yeah. What do you got, Will? My next one's Overwatch. Uh, so I don't. I have no idea if we talked about this on our last games preview. I think we just uh, mentioned it when we were finishing up, and we we're like, "Hey, we didn't talk about Overwatch." Yeah, because it has roughly a June release date. Um, but so yeah, Overwatch is Blizzard's multiplayer first-person shooter. Uh, so I played a little bit of this game. There is two game modes in the game right now. Uh, one is point capture, which is attacking team must capture, uh, points in the map while defending team must stop them. This is kind of like, uh, a little bit like Russian battlefield, except without the expanding map and all that stuff. Uh, and then there's payload where the attacking team must escort a vehicle to a certain delivery point before time runs out. But uh, the defending team has to try and stop them, and the vehicle will move along a fixed path when a attacking team player is by it. Um, so there's different roles in the game. There's offense, uh, which are high mo- mobility characters and known for doing a large amount of damage. 
There's defense, which excel at protecting specific locations. There are tank characters, which like soak up the damage. And then there's support, which heal and give buffs to the team and whatnot. Um, I'm really excited for this game. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I don't even know if you guys are going to get it anymore, right? I'm trying not to be excited for it, but I really can't help it. Oh, you are excited. Yeah. God Good. I probably, so will, least, I probably will plunk down the. I probably will plunk down the forty dollars for it. Good, I'm glad to hear that, Corey. <sighs> yeah, I'm interested. I definitely want to play it first. Mm-hmm. And I, what I envision it doing because it's a Blizzard game is I'll play my first game and I'll just destroy everybody. And I'll be like, this game's great, and then I'll pay for it, and then I'll start to suck. All the cheap stuff that the there well, there's not cheap stuff, but there's a lot of like weird movement mechanics with some characters. So like the people who are like play the game all the time will get super good at it, and everybody will just fall behind that doesn't get to play it that much. Yeah, yeah. What, who is a tracer that the character that jumps around all over the place? Yeah, tracer was the one I played a lot. Yeah. Uh, she teleports from area to area really quickly, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I didn't want to get into this game, but I think I probably will end up getting into it. Unfortunately, I don't. This is a nibble bit of mine, but I'll just do it now while I'm talking about it. But uh, Blizzard's going to bring it back, the beta, in mid-February. Yep, I saw that. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to roll out more invites or not, but there's going to be a new game mode Okay. Uh, and maps. I would so. like to play it first, but if I can, I'll probably just end up buying it. Whatever. If Well, I don't know if I get it since I was in the, the weekend, if I'll get in again or if I won't because they want to get new people in. Uh, but either way, if I get in, you can use my account to try it out. Oh, yeah. I guess we could do that. So, but yeah, that's Overwatch. Uh, like I said, roughly it has a June release date yeah. uh, estimated. Coming so. to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It is getting console yep. releases, too. It's going to be 40 bucks for the standard, and there's a couple like special editions, I think, that you can get for it. Yeah, 160 where you get like some skins and stuff like that. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, uh, I know skins was something a lot of people really wanted for the game because oh, the, yeah. people buy them in Heroes all the time. Yeah, There's no reason not to put cosmetic items like that in a game. I have no problem with that, even if you do have to pay no. full price for for the game. It's not full price. It's only a $40 game, but yeah, I have no problem with cosmetic items in it. Yeah, why not? It's something that I don't need to do, but if other people want you know, spend the money on it, more power to them. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Corey, any thoughts yep. on Overwatch? Nah. Nah. It's a try, right? Try. Try before you buy. Yep. Okay. What do you got, Corey? A little game called Doom. Doom. Uh, Doom is a reboot of the Doom series. It would be Doom 4. However, uh, Doom 3 came out 12 years ago. Wow. Wow. You realize that? It's crazy. That is crazy. That's a while. But this one's coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, and is being published by Bethesda. They showed quite a bit of gameplay at their E3 press conference last summer. If you're not sure what Doom is, it's a violent, bloody shooter with crazy monsters and lots of gore and mayhem. Uh, The developers said that they're not putting a lot of emphasis on the story because they felt it wasn't important to the franchise. I think that's a safe decision. Yeah. 
And uh, la, they showed what did they show in the trailer? There was some melee combat. The finishing moves were really violent and like ripping out yeah. hearts and stuff like that. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Uh, they also showed the ripping the enemy's arm off to use it for a biometric scanner to open a door. Uh-huh. That was pretty right. cool. Um, but the the developers also said they faced a challenge of having to create a shooter that could compete with the modern day Call of Duties and Battlefields and stuff like that cuz the audience the younger audience really doesn't have much relationship to Doom no. if at all. And uh you know they they had to figure out a way to get into that marketplace. Um but they felt like Bethesda would be a good help in that because they did that with Fallout. Right. In Fallout Three, you know, they brought Fallout to a whole new generation of of people, yeah, um, and sort of, somewhat, remain faithful to the first, yeah, games in the series. Apparently, people were complaining that it's not fast enough. Um, I don't know. That's what I thought when I originally watched the trailer. I'm like, it looks a little like a little bit of a slower shooter. Yeah, then, uh, and then I even compared team, it to Halo. Games early on the first halos and yeah. what i liked about them but uh it seemed at the time that people were saying it's it's really really fast so may i don't know i guess it depends on what your opinion of speed is right i don't know i'd have to play it uh they did confirm it'll run at 1080p 60 frames per second which should make everybody happy yep uh and the release date will be announced sometime in the first half of 2016 I have the uh, the video playing in the chat room right now. Uh-huh. The, the live stream on twitch.tv slash thumbstickathletes. So. Yeah. Uh, I thought it looked cool. I really did. And uh, I was I was interested. It's, it's what I want out of this kind of game. Definitely. You know? I, don't, I don't need a story. Yeah. Uh, I just want to cool, kill stuff in cool ways and have fun. Yeah. That'll be a buy depending on when it decides to come out for me. If it comes out like in a month where there's, I have to buy like four or five other games, then it'll probably be a wait. But I would like to like to play that. So, okay. What? <laughs> what are you guys giggling about? Oh, the chat room's making me giggle. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh oh yeah, it's my turn next. Uh, Mountain uh, Mountain Blade Two Banner Lord. I think we talked about Mountain Blade last week, wasn't it? Yeah, we did. Uh. This wasn't on the the master list of games I saw coming out this year, but I was like, hey, I think this is supposed to come out this year. So, sure what enough, was the subtitle? Bannerlord. Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. Bannerlord. Uh, it's developed by Tail Worlds Entertainment. It is a prequel to Mountain Blade Warband, set 200 years before the events of Warband. It takes place after the fall of the Calradian Empire, which is Anagalus and an, 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 analogy to the <laughs> fall of the roman empire and the rise of the early european kingdoms it's supposed to take place like all the weapons and armor and clothing and stuff is set like 600 to 1200 ad so uh these standard upgrades are being made better graphics textures and animations all being updated blah 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 there's more advanced siege tactics too which was a good big complaint from the first one um so you have more control in a siege of this the stuff you're gonna do so it's cool. I'm excited for it. I really like Mountain Blade Warband. I hope someone comes out with a Game of Thrones mod for Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord fairly shortly after it comes out. I'm sure they will because it's, oh, yeah. it's a perfect Definitely. game for it. So That's a buy for me. 
Is there gameplay out for it right now? Uh, there's a little bit. They've only released uh, bits and pieces. So. Okay. Yeah. Will, what do you got? Uh, my next one, uh, it's also my last one, is Fable Legends. Um, this game pretty much disappeared for a little bit. It was supposed to have a beta by the end of last year, right? I think so. I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's coming earlier this year, uh, and it's coming out at some point this year. But it's the free-to-play cooperative action role-playing game from Lionhead Studios. Uh, basically, this game is the four versus one uh, hero-villain gameplay. Uh, so each role may be filled by a player online or a multiplayer or uh, multiplayer AI. You can do that, or you can have a mix of both. Uh, the same game experience is possible regardless of the multiplayer or single player. All of the game's story quests can be played single player using AI heroes as sidekicks or enemies. It's possible to play through the game's content as either the hero or the villain. Um, so in each quest, the heroes must use teamwork to succeed in their objectives while the villain opposes them with an army of creatures. So there's a couple different characters in the game for heroes so far. Uh, there's the Sterling Prince Charming, who uses a sword. Uh, there's Winter, who uses uh, will-based abilities and ice attacks. Uh, Rook uses a crossbow. Uh, there is a Paladin-like character named I- Inga. Um, and that's all the announcements so far. And the player can customize any hero, ranging from uh, different colors of outfits and types of outfits and the customization will be unlocked either by playing the game or earned with in-game uh, silver okay. and you can use real money if you'd like um, or not it's gonna and be there's fr- going to be a hero rotation free, uh, free to play right? yeah it's free to play uh, a limited amount of heroes will be available for a given, uh, given time after the time runs up there will be a new set of heroes Nice. Any interest in this game? Yeah, I am interested. Okay. Yeah, I like the asynchronous multiplayer. That's uh, really interesting to me. Okay. Um, so we're all going to do this on PC then? Uh, there's cross-platform, I think. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. So it doesn't matter. The platform doesn't on. matter, which is a nice nice thing. Let's start a Fable Legends podcast. Why are they doing... Uh, why are they using the Fable... IP. I think you know, just to attract attention. Yeah. Mm. Is it Lion's Head Studios? Yeah. Yeah, Lion's Head is doing it. Interesting. Yeah, it that, is weird that's, that they're using Fable. That's though. the only thing I can think of is to get attention on it, you know, because the Fable franchise is fairly established, you know, even though they haven't had a new Fable Fable in a while. Does well, anybody want a new Fable? I want a new Fable. I want to well, see what kind of lofty promises they're going to make that they're not going to keep. Yeah, I'd like a new Fable. But th- wasn't it Bioware that did the same type of game, but it was a new IP, and then they ended up just canceling it? Uh, I don't recall. Wasn't the Shadow something? Oh, yeah. Shadow. What was that? Wasn't Shadow. Uh, it's going to bother me. Yeah, I remember that. Now that you mention it, Will. Shadow. It was supposed to be hundreds? like a, a modern-day type of game wasn't it yeah bioware shadow shadow realms sounds right canceled yeah it was shadow realms huh. um but yeah it was the four versus one co-op rpg game so that's cool maybe it was a good idea to 
use the Fable name. Yeah, rather than try and come up with something different. Yeah, but I'm interested in this game. I'm kind of excited to play it. Yeah. Agreed. With you, Will. Okay. What do you got, Corey? Another game I didn't play the original two was, is, I should say, Dishonored 2. Another Bethesda game also announced at E3 last year. I was really impressed with the trailer. I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, everything you see in that trailer you can do in-game. And there's some pretty cool stuff that happens in that You didn't play Dishonored? No, I still haven't played it. Really? Yep. I have it in my Steam library if you want to play it. Maybe I will at some point. There's a lot of games I need to catch up on. Yeah. Uh, But Dishonored is action-adventure stealth RPG being developed by arcane which did the first dishonored of course uh coming out for pc ps4 and xbox one the setup for this one is that it takes place 15 years after the first game the empress is dethroned by an otherworldly usurper uh so obviously your job is to help get it back so you start the game as empress emily caldwin i believe her name is i don't know if you guys recall she was the princess yeah. in the first game. It's been a while. Yeah. Dishonored fans, come on, you guys! <laughs> I wasn't. Then, I only. It was average for me. I didn't okay. love it, but I do want to yeah, replay it before the the new one comes out. I remember because back when the other one, like leading up to the release, I kept saying like I don't think it's gonna be that good. I don't think it's gonna be that good. And then you had played it the first time, and I was like, see, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. But I think it's one of those games that has aged very well. Yeah, and some people like absolutely love it. It's some people's yeah. like favorite game ever, and and there's still people that play it a ton. You know. Yep, and one of the one of the reasons they give for that is people are just keep coming up with really creative combinations to yeah. for the abilities. There's still um, videos that get posted occasionally on whatever of really interesting ways that people figure out how to kill people. Like I don't know, catching bullets and like I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. You definitely have to watch it, but Yeah. So I guess in this one, just playing off of that, they added another they added a way to combine abilities or something like that. I, could, I, I because I didn't play the first one, I didn't totally understand it, but it kind of sounds like, you know, the blink ability was really big. Yeah. But now you can add like a modification to the blink ability that you can swap in and out with other modifications to get a different effect. Huh. Oh, cool. So they're hoping people come up with more creative and clever uses of, of those abilities. Um, but as I was saying, you start Dishonored 2 as Emily Caldwin, and then you can choose to play as her or Corvo Atano, who was the yep. protagonist in the first game. Uh, they have the same missions. They're just shown from different perspectives, but they also have a different set of abilities. Apparently, Corvo has a lot of his abilities that he had in the first game. Um, and some of the abilities that Emily will have were shown in the trailer. Like I said, everything you see in that announcement trailer, you can do with her in-game. The developers said it would be more challenging. I guess the first one was kind of easy. Uh, they I didn't have an all- easy time with it. You didn't have an easy time with it? No, but I was also really bad at self games. I've gotten better, so it's impatience. Yeah. I've Believe gotten better me. with it. Yes. You know what does that? Children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Improved your patience. Oh, oh, absolutely. They Gotta also said the right there moment. is improved AI. They're better at searching for you. I read something that described it like they if there's other 
enemy AIs in the area, they'll search as a group and split up and cover different spots. Makes sense. Uh, but they won't go to a place that an enemy has already... Uh, one guy won't go to a place that has already been searched. So there's that. And also, they're better at understanding combat situations. Another example the article I was reading cited was if there's two bad guys and one of them has a, a rifle and the other one has a melee weapon, then the one with the rifle knows to stay back and you know pepper you with shots while the one with the melee weapon goes up to you and tries to fight you. Nice. Um, which sounds simple, but maybe it wasn't quite that in the first game. Yeah. Sounds stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to run on a new engine that's based on id Tech 6. I guess the first one ran on Unreal Engine 3. Yeah. And it's slated to come out <laughs> in the spring. Really? Apparently. They better announce it. Yeah. Spring's rapidly approaching. At two months. It's almost there. Yeah. It's a, it's anywhere from two to five months, I guess. Spring. So. Five months if you're in upstate New York. And, uh, yeah, it'll be longer than that. <laughs> Probably. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game on my list is called Below for PC and Xbox One. Developed by Capybara Games, it's an action-adventure roguelite with top-down perspective of a tiny warrior exploring the depths of a remote island. It's a time console exclusive on Xbox, so apparently it's coming to PS4 later on, uh, but also on PC. It features permadeath and difficult but fair combat. Uh, it's another one that is has kind of a very neat-looking art style. It's kind of, uh, uh, I don't want to say barren, but it's simplistic, but simplistic in a nice-looking way. Like Journey? Nah, not like Journey. Even more simple than that. Monument Valley? I never played Monument Valley. That was uh, a good game. But Below, Below looks neat. And that's all I have to say about that. Go ahead, Will. Uh, I only had uh Four, okay, games. you got it. Corey, do you How have... many were we supposed to cover? doesn't matter. However you want, however many you want. Corey, do you have any more games? I have one more. One more, let's hear it. Final Fantasy XV, which I, I said to myself, I've heard so much about this game, is it even worth me talking about it? Because if you want to find out information about it, it's really easy to find. Yeah. They've, they've put out a ton of information about Final Fantasy XV, which kind of makes sense considering it's been in development since Forever. ever. 2006 when back then it was called final fantasy versus 13 oh yeah wow 10 years 2006 versus 13 yes uh they wikipedia listed it as an action rpg i don't know if that's their default for jrpg no but I just this it was one, interesting that they didn't it's supposed to it have more combat uh, right or more actiony combat like um uh type type zero, type zero. yes uh, so it's being developed by Square Enix, of course, uh, for PS4 and Xbox One. PC wasn't listed. I, I would really love to have Final Fantasy 15 on PC. I'm but... sure they're going to release it on PC. They're putting everything on PC now, so that's, that's true. Uh, it's this point. Uh, this is a little contentious, but it's the third game in the Fabula Nova Crystallis subseries. Maybe there was okay. a rumor that came out. Mm fairly recently, maybe within the last couple of months, that it was removed, that portion of the mythos was removed from the game. Uh, but that's not confirmed. The Fabula Nova Crystallis subseries is Final Fantasy XIII, 
Final Fantasy Type Zero and maybe Final Fantasy Fifteen. And it's just that uh, that mythos, the Lassie and the. Did you guys play the games? No, I played Type Zero. I have Zero. Thirteen downloaded on my PC, but that's about it. Right, so you don't really know what I'm talking about, but uh, just the whole characters and the 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 myths behind them um, are shared. It's a, mm-hmm. it's sort of a shared universe, but not literally. You know okay. what I'm trying to say? Am I yeah, saying so, that right? Yeah. There is a common lore to the world, but yeah, there you not, go. not like the same game. A common yeah. a common mythos, yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, the setup for Final Fantasy XV is that there are a number of nations. Each had their own crystal, but because of wars, there was only one remaining crystal left with one of the nations. Uh that nation succeeds and is technologically advanced. The others start to crumble and collapse. The other ones are taken over by an empire. So the game starts with the last nation that has the crystal being taken over, the crystal and the last nation, by the evil empire. Uh, and your job is, obviously, to fix everything. To get your nation and the crystal back. And you play... I read there's only one playable character, uh, and that is Noctis, the crown prince of the last nation that's taken over. That's the character you play as. They talked a lot about it featuring a darker atmosphere with more realistic characters and emotions. I think nice. I think that's the they talked a lot about the Western influence, and I think that's the influence shown through a little bit. The yeah. more uh, more realistic characters. Mm-hmm. Because cool. you look at games like Mass Effect and stuff like that, they're they're they have normal emotions, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas JRPGs, they're a little cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Japan. Uh, they've done a nice job when they've done a more Western style RPG. Like that's how we got Dark Souls and and yeah. Dragon's Dogma is another example of that. Yeah, they're they're learning, and and people still really like. JRPGs. There's definitely yeah. an audience for that. Very specific. I still like JRPGs. Absolutely, me too. We were just talking about uh, Tales of Zestiria in the chat. Yeah. Uh, open world environment, which, as you mentioned, Dan, plays into the action combat, uh, which is much more similar to Type Zero. There's no loading screen between battles. You just run up to an enemy and start fighting it. Uh, they compared the combat to Kingdom Hearts and Type Zero, which we discussed. So it's, you know, an action is tied to a certain button rather than cycling through menus to pick what you want to do. Um, the only loading screens in the game, actually, are when you enter towns. That's crazy. That's, That's cool. We've seen a lot of the vehicular travel, which looks cool, riding around in cars. Yep, and a convertible uh, with your bros. Yeah, which is, is uh, another big part of the game is that they wanted it to feel like a travel story rather than a bunch of random jokers put together with a mutual goal it's like a group of friends traveling out on the open roads which is i think is a very western thing a very united states kind of manifest destiny kind of thing sure Uh, a lot of of open country in in the united states and and not so much in in japan yeah a lot of open highway yep uh there's there's chocobos though so don't worry about that i did think it was funny the person who repairs the cars is called it's a a woman named sydney oh rather than sid the mechanic i like that yeah that was nice it's a nice touch Uh, day night 
day and night and weather systems which affect enemy types and their abilities this it's starting to sound more and more like xenoblade yeah i was just thinking that uh and with the because i think there's like giant stuff running around too uh which reminded me a lot of of xenoblade behemoths yeah yep so i'm excited for it i'm also very wary of it because it is final fantasy when we haven't had a really really good one of those in a in a long time since nine i didn't play 10 so i don't know if that's good or not i think nine was just good i wouldn't i wouldn't put it up there with great six and seven right you know uh people liked 10 but i don't know i i played a little bit of 12 i thought 12 was better than 10 uh granted i didn't play all of 10 and i didn't play all of 12 so i don't know right I got a question for you, Corey. Mm-hmm. Do I play a Final Fantasy 13? No. No? No. Even as somebody who's interested in trying it? I'd tell you to try it just to get a, you know, get an understanding of it, but the problem with that game is that it takes 30 hours to get an understand like before they give you all the systems and like the game becomes you know, full. Fun. And it's like you're not going to play it for 30 hours. At that point, you might as well just finish it. And I think it's a waste of time. You could probably get away with playing two. You might like that because the combat system in thirteen is is clever. Uh, I didn't love it like most people did. I thought it was predictable and yeah. kind of uh, formulaic. Formulaic, yeah. But it is clever at the very least. Okay. Um, I've, I've talked about it on this podcast before, but the combat system in that game is you're constantly switching your class on the fly, essentially. Uh, but because enemies repeat themselves so often, once you figure out the combination of classes to switch between, you're just doing that over and over again, and you know you know exactly what to do. And so even you when you're fighting, right? Even when you're fighting bosses, you figure out the best way to switch between the classes, and then you're just doing that over and over and over and over again. Hmm. So, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but that's all I have for Final Fantasy 15. Honestly, they they put out information on that game almost weekly. Yeah. So, if you if you're interested, uh, definitely just do a Google search. That's right. Anything else, Corey? No, that's all I have for all preview. Right. Uh, nibble bits. Why don't you get started with nibble bits, Corey? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. You didn't have any nibble bits? No, I did. I just didn't put them all. I didn't flesh them out as much as I would have liked. Gotcha. Uh, that's okay. I can go if you'd like. No, no, no. Some some release dates. Prison Architect is coming to consoles this spring. That's the PC prison management simulator. Uh, for PS4, Xbox, it's going to be 30 bucks. That's one I bought on Steam in early access. One of the very few games I bought in early access. I enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't played it since its full release, though, so I'll have to give it a try before I can speak to that. Bravely Second comes to North America April 15th. Yeah, with a 10-hour demo. Wow, 10 hours. Yeah. That's, That's pretty a pretty good, good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Good good way to test uh test the waters, especially for a game like that. That might know? be enough for some people to get their fill of it and and move on, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad that initially, I think even in Europe, like Fire Emblem and Bravely Second are supposed to come out right around the same time and I'm glad they're not. That would be tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. To. I'm glad. Bravely Second got moved to to April. That's good. Yeah, me too. Yes, sir. Uh, kind of makes me wish I still had a 3ds. I saw they had 2ds's for like 
60 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Recently? Yeah. That's a steal. That is a pretty good steal. Uh, the Westport Independent. That's the censorship simulator. That's a lot like Papers, Please. I played the beta I told you guys about. Uh, I talked about it on the yeah. podcast a little bit. That comes out the 21st of January, which is today. Ooh. All right. Kotaku had a write-up of it. Uh, they didn't have a review. I haven't read any reviews, but I really liked it, so I'm going to play it. Yeah, I'll play it. Anyway. No doubt. Um, so that's good. The Witness, Jonathan Blow's next game, uh, was rated for Xbox, which led a lot of people to believe it was going to be released for Xbox. However, he came out and said later on they only had it rated for Xbox because it was free to do it when they had it rated for PS4. Uh, versus if down the line they decide they want to release it on Xbox, then they got to pay again to have it. Which means rated. it'll probably uh, be coming sense. eventually to Xbox. I would yeah, think. Yeah, but Jonathan Blow has also been pretty outspoken against yeah. Microsoft and yeah. the Xbox. So who knows? You know, if he's having his own personal thing, then right. that's fine. But, you know, it's good to at least have the foresight to get it rated now just in case. Yeah. Uh,. And then the Fire Emblem Fates drugging scene was altered in the West. Did you guys read about that at all? I did. I didn't. So apparently there's a scene in the new Fire Emblem game that's supposed to come out this year. Right? This year, yeah. Yep. Next month. Yep. Where there is a gay uh, woman character and another character, your character, the main character, drugs her so that she sees women as men. So I guess in the West, it could be taken as, like, a homosexual curing. Wow. Isn't that strange? Yeah. That is very strange. Uh, So they're removing all mention of that drugging, quote-unquote drugging, I should say, uh, for Western audiences. I mean, I get it. I'm... It's probably better to do that than to face (laughs) the wrath of social justice warriors. (laughs) But I'm one of those people that wants to experience the way the developer intended. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it seems if, like unnecessary. I'm offended or not, you know, it I, seems I wanna... like it seems like it's unnecessary, like walking on eggshells, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I don't. I don't know to what extent Japan sees the the social justice warrior thing in the West. Do they even care? I don't know. Well, it's probably localization that changed it, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I guess what I'm wondering is, like, if, if I'm a developer in Japan, do I even know how people would react oh, to no. something like that over here? Does, no. that, does it get that far? I wouldn't I mean, think so. Yeah. That's a very – it's a very American thing. Yeah. That. Yeah. That, that, that line of thinking is a very American yeah. – thing i, I think. can see that i i'd be curious to see the hear the conversation that was discussed between the localization team and uh the developer you know like hey yeah. this kind of thing doesn't look so good in the west and i mean i it sounds kind of kind of like an aside to the story so i imagine they'd just be like okay that's fine just change it you know yeah. we get it that's yeah. fine yeah because it's a uh, character interaction between the characters right right so that's like the relationship, the like A B C S. Probably not crucial to the overall plot of the game. Yeah, but a lot of the the plot in Fire Emblem is the relationship between the different characters. Well, no, because you could never see that. What do you mean? 
you could never see that relationship. That relationship's no, I know, you don't but pursue those relationships. It's it's a it's a very important theme in 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 the Fire Emblem series is the relationship relationships yeah. between the characters. Oh yeah, no, I'm not I'm not saying it's not a big part of the game. Oh. I'm just saying in terms of the the plot of the game. Yeah, you know the the through line, the A to B. Yeah. Of, of what you experience in the game, it's probably not crucial. And something like that, they could easier, easily replace with a few lines of dialogue. You know, yeah. I just—I mean, that's that's an interesting storyline. I would have liked to have seen how that and that whole situation ended up. You know, well, he drugs her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I said, so he she sees women as or men as women, right? So then she falls in love with your yeah. character. I would like to see how that reveal goes, though. Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, the final wow. moments of that that storyline between those characters would be interesting. That would be interesting. That's why we can't have nice things. No, <laughs> we certainly cannot. Uh, that's all. I, oh, uh, I didn't flesh this one out enough. Uh, loot drops of some sort are coming to Rocket League. I read about it, and, and apparently, with the multiplayer stuff, the ranked play, you can. You get you get items specific to the multiplayer only uh, with the new update. And again, I, I, I wanted to flesh it out a little bit more, but I forgot to do that in my notes. Uh, so I don't have the specifics. But the Season 1 is coming to a close soon. So they're going to add that with uh, the introduction of Season 2. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. You That's all I got. Nuh-uh. We've got one more. Oh, the Nintendo NX stuff. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I didn't even write that down. I knew I tweeted it. While you're getting how that, dare Corey. You? Yeah. Uh, Dan, yeah. How are, are, we, are we both buying the two Fire Emblem games? Is that what's happening? No. No, we can each buy one of them, and that'll okay. work. So, Which one you want? Didn't we both agree that opposite one sounded cooler? Didn't you want to do Birthright? I'm good to do whatever. Well, me too. But I, th- I think we we had this discussion before, and I think you said you thought Birthright sounded more interesting, where I saw I thought Conquest sounded more interesting. So, yes, because you said Birthright's more defensive, yeah. and the other one was more okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So I'll get Conquest, you can get Birthright, and then we'll switch when we're done. That looks like I'm pre-ordering now. Beautiful. Okay, I got it. All right, let's hear it. So there was a rumor making the internet rounds that the Nintendo NX will tie into or have some sort of interactivity between mobile and PC. Uh-huh. Whatever it happens to be. Uh, hmm. So let the, me just read this one paragraph yeah. here, which I thought was interesting. There's a lot of rumors floating around right now about the NX, and Nintendo needs to just clarify everything. Yeah. But so Gibson's... This is where the rumors came from. Gibson's comments came alongside Macquarie Research Japan, giving Nintendo an improved finance rating, which subsequently saw the company's stock prices rise by 9.07%. Wow. This comes at the start of a very important year for the company. Uh, I think something like that would play really well. And, and the reason I think that is because everybody has a mobile device. Everybody, almost everybody has a PC. Of some sort. Or a laptop, you yeah, know, exactly. whatever. And if the video games that Nintendo are known for play into that. Uh, I think it's a perfect pairing. You know, you, people see Mario and they're like, Oh, I can, I have 
I already have half of what I need. Right. You know, all I need is this other half, and I can I can play Mario games on my mobile device. I mean, we don't know exactly to what extent the interactivity will be, uh, but I imagine it's the type of thing where you're pushing games to your phone or your PC your or. There was a rumor. I believe it was today that, or no, it was analyst predictions that that the NX is actually going to be two separate things: a mobile handheld, whatever, and then the console version of that. And that the mobile version will come out later this year, and the like console part of it will come out next year. That was today, I think that came out. But there's also some of the patents that were filed for it seem to lend. I read a rumor maybe about a month ago that you can uh, piggyback the systems together to increase the power and graphical fidelity of the system. That's an interesting thought. If that ever if that ever happens, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different things floating around. Prices, and resolutions, there's just so much crap that about Nintendo needs to clear up, I think. It's time. 4K, 4K video streaming was a big part of that. Yep. And then like 900p. 900p, 60fps gameplay, which that was on a survey, which a lot of people don't think that that's accurate. That's just testing consumer uh, consumer response to some potential things for the system because mm. 900p want... 60 fps would not be a wii u upgrade i guess um at least for some games some games ran 1080p 60 fps some ran you know i think mario kart is like 720p 60 frames per second maybe mario mm. kart 8 so that would be an upgrade from that but so i wonder how much of this is like the rumors going around or just like people wish list like for what the nx will be yeah i try to pick out like analyst stuff because some of them some of them can get it and then uh, a lot of the stuff was taken from there was a consumer survey that that leaked online with uh supposed information about the nx um apparently one of the um websites or whatever that i follow said that they talked to someone who had previously worked for that company that was doing the survey and that stuff isn't always correct that sometimes they put in, like I said, just stuff to test, you know, consumer responses to different, different specs or whatever. So that's not necessarily okay. factual. I wonder what Nintendo's waiting for if they're releasing it this year. I don't know. I wish they'd just give me some information so I can freaking pre-order it. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun, Nintendo's E3. This yeah. Yeah. Especially if they wait until then to reveal any information. I hope they don't. I need yeah. to know. Like I said, I want to have it pre-ordered on, on Amazon as soon as I can so I can get one on day one. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the what they do with the NX. I believe, uh, if you guys remember, my original speculation was that it was two parts yeah. that you can split apart and use together. So maybe, I don't know. We've We've predicted some Nintendo stuff in the past pretty well. Yes, we have. Pokemon thing. Yeah. To a T. To a T. I wish we knew what episode that was in. If anyone knows in the yeah. in the chat or any listeners know what episode we talked about that Pokemon mobile thing. It was from years ago, but if you yeah. happen to happen to come across it, let us know what episode cuz I would like to pull that clip that that we talked about that. I'll tell you what, if you if if you're listening and you want to do some digging and you find the time code that we discussed that in our podcast, uh, 
we'll give you a free game from our library of games we have available yeah. for for gifts. Steam. Yeah. Steam games. Steam games. Yeah. Definitely Steam. We'll probably give you a few, right? Yeah, I'll give you a couple. I've got I've <laughs> got quite a, I've got a few Steam games on my list. We'll we'll give you a list of what we have. Yeah. Pick. Because uh, <clears throat> as much as I like going back and listening to old episodes, that would be a tough one to find. Do we have an idea? It was definitely after, you know, a few. You know, I think we were 100 episodes in at least. Maybe. Maybe not. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. It might have been, I would say after at least like 25, maybe. Maybe a good place to start would be with the episodes we talk about Pokemon. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about it a ton of times, though. You can probably go back and listen to the Pokemon. Start with the Pokemon Red Blue, the the newer newest Pokemon game we did an episode on, right? Yeah, but I don't. I think this. I think we had talked about it before that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Too. Yeah, I would love to love to have that clip. That'd be great. But anyway, yeah, uh, I'll go next for nibble bits. The MMORPG Black Desert Online has Black Des is it dessert or desert? I have it desert. Desert? dessert? It's definitely not black dessert, Dan. (laughs) I have it written as dessert for some reason. (laughs) But anyway, Black Desert Online has released their uh, excellent character creator tool as a standalone from the or from the on the Black Desert website. And then if you happen to like any of your creations, they can be imported into the actual full game. The beta for it begins February 18th. This is the uh, character creator that pretty much allows you to do whatever you want. It's it's very, very uh, um, finely detailed character creator that I will definitely download at some point. Like extend the length of the chin. Yeah. It, they said it's like it's like having a lump of clay that you can pretty much make into everything you want anything you want rather so that sounds good yeah uh graphically it also looks really good so that's that uh humble bundle has come out with another absolute steal of a bundle in the humble foraxis bundle for one dollar you get xcom enemy unknown sid meyer's pirates ace patrol bundle and the civ civilization 3 complete if you pay more than the average, which right now is about ten bucks, you get Civ Four complete, Civ Five, Sid Meier Starships, XCOM Enemy Unknown, or Enemy Within rather, uh, and Slingshot and Elite Soldier Packs for Enemy Unknown. And then for fifteen dollars or more, you get Civilization Beyond Earth with the Exoplanets Pack and a thirty-three percent off voucher for the Beyond Earth Rising Tide expansion. Wow! So that's a pretty damn good humble bundle if you don't have those games. I was going to say, I have all all those games, but uh, Ace Patrol bundle. So, yeah, uh, that's the thing. Those games have been discounted in the past, yep. and you know the Fraxis likes to do, or maybe it's the two K uh, game packs yeah. for the Steam sales and stuff like that. So all these games can... have been cheap at some point, one point or another. Right, but but now's a good chance if you don't have them to, especially XCOM. That's one of those games I'd recommend to more of a mass audience than Civ. Absolutely. And XCOM 2 is coming out in like two weeks or three weeks. So, Is there any interactivity between the two? you port like a save or anything? I don't think so, but 
it looks amazing. I watched an hour long preview of it. Yeah. And it looks fantastic. I cannot wait for it. One of the more interesting things that I that they have in XCOM two is I mean, part of the fun was naming the soldiers after yourself after yourself and people you know. In this one that like you can do it in the menu and you can have you can set the people to be uh, squad members or like VIP personnel that you have to rescue or people that you come across like scientists and stuff, uh, but also like enemies. So you, and you can set that. So you you put the people into the game, and they're just like every time you start a new game, those people can be in the game rather than uh, you know when you start a game, then you create all your soldiers actually in the game, and then like when they die, you don't replace them or whatever. But uh, so this time, you know, anytime you start a new game, those people will be in there. And tons of customization customization options. It's really really well done. I can cannot wait for XCOM two. Is there multiplayer? I think so. I don't know. I never played multiplayer in the first one. Yeah, but yeah, it looks good. I'm excited. What's what's the date again? Uh, February February fifth. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Right before uh, Eric's wedding. Hey, uh, uh, we got a rehearsal dinner, and then we can go home and play XCOM. I mean, I'll probably be up at midnight <laughs> when it comes out, so I'll play it then, and then, yeah, afterwards. There you go. That's all I got for Nibble Bits. Will, what do you have for Nibble Bits? Uh, my first one is that the Obsidian lead designer is up for working on another Fallout game. Now, there's no news on Obsidian doing another Fallout, but Eric Fenstermarker, Maker, sorry, the designer of Obsidian responded to people crying out to for them to make the next Fallout. He said, "I'm always up for working on a Fallout. Uh, I think most of us generally are. Really fun property to work with." Um, now I'm going to talk about Fallout a little bit later, so I'm not going to get too much into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've cooled off on Fallout for quite a lot. Yeah, you're coming around. Slowly, but yeah, I am. You're seeing the light side. Yeah, um, I'll talk about it more, but I didn't realize New Vegas was as loved as it is. Um, for all the issues that the game had when it first launched, and it didn't hit its uh, Metacritic bonus target. Uh, but like everybody talks about that game on Reddit, and it's like it's magical how much they love it. Yeah. So. It, I mean, it had a lot of the complex RPG systems that people missed from Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with me, really. Same. And I think, if I remember correctly, I was not happy with New Vegas when it came out. Well, it's because it didn't work. Yeah. Right. It still, it still really doesn't. Awesome. It still really doesn't work. If you play the vanilla, you still have to download mods to get it to work right. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. Okay. Uh... Anyway, my next one is that a couple uh, little heroes are coming to Heroes of the Storm. Um, so the next one coming out is Li Ming, who is the Diablo 3 wizard, which is the only character from uh, the, the classes you can have in Diablo 3 that wasn't in. And she's going to be a ranged assassin. Now, the wizard was the character that I made, uh, so she's going to be right out my alley. Uh, apparently, she has a high skill cap, so if you're really skilled with her, you're going to dominate. Uh, and the other one is a fan favorite, uh, Zul, the Diablo 2 necromancer, which a lot of people didn't think they would do any Diablo 2 characters before they did all of Diablo 3. So it's surprising to see that they did a, a Diablo 2 character, which is good for the people who don't uh, like Diablo 3 that much. 
Uh, and he's going to be a, a um, melee specialist, which is a little bit different from the other specialists in the game. <laughs> but cool. these are two pretty awesome heroes, and I literally cannot wait for either of them to come out. Nice. When's Deckard Kane coming to <laughs> Heroes of Storm? They said a while ago that they have no plans for him yet, but in the future. I'd make a great character. I'd li- I'd really like to see what they did with it, you know? Well, his thing is sit down and stay a while. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people want, like, his ultimate is for, like, sit down and stay a while and have everybody stunned for, like, a second or two or whatever. That's perfect. Uh, enemies and allies. <laughs> That'd be awesome. For, like, way too long. Like, yeah. 30 seconds. Just sit everyone down. <laughs> See, Blizzard uh, is doing a lot of really cool things. So if they did that, they would be they would be the ones that would do something like that. That I would be like. awesome. Yeah, they're really not afraid to mix up the the game with new new weird characters. No, like the most recent map is like really different. Um, I've been playing a little bit again too because uh, Greyman came out and I really like Greyman. Will fell off the wagon. Jeez, Will. And fall off the wagon. <laughs> I played consistently all year. I'm just teasing. I'm not Eric here. It's one of those things where, uh, I mean, I used to have that too. It's the game that you always end up going back to, and I just don't, I don't have one of those right now. Well, yeah, I just play weird. like a match or two every couple, every night, yeah. every couple of nights yeah. or whatever. It's a game you just keep coming back to. Exactly, and even Eric said when these two two heroes got announced that it's about that time <laughs> <laughs> to get back into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's uh, that's it for my nibble bits. Nice. How was your week, Will? Do I have a lot of stuff for you guys? Oh, uh, boy, I'm excited. I actually wrote down a lot of it. Well, the talking points, because I always forget, and I knew I had a lot, and I didn't want to just, like, oh, I don't know, I got nothing. Yeah. Um. So the first thing is I had a birthday last week. Hey. Tuesday. Happy birthday. Yeah, I hit 21. Hey. Uh, and to celebrate my birthday, uh, I played Skyrim, pumped some iron, and crashed my car. <laughs> um, I don't know if you got the full story, Dan. No. Mom told me a little bit about it, but that's that's it. I, I told Corey because Mom FaceTimed him yeah. a little bit later that night, and I told Eric because Eric was at work. Uh-huh. So what happened was I was leaving the gym at around like 7, 10. Uh, and I was going through Enwell, and the roads were fine. Everything was pretty clear, but it was, like, l- very lightly snowing. Yeah. Uh, and then I hit Taft and Twist Run. And for whatever reason, it wasn't touched. Like, that it was... spot's bad, always. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't snowing and the roads were clear, I figured, oh, it's fine. Yeah. So I went down. I slid basically from the fire station all the way down, like, four or five times. But I was able to catch it a bunch of times, so I didn't like crash and i was at the point where like i was like do i break do i just go fast but like if i went fast and lost control i would have died yeah so i just decided to break again and the car slid really really bad like at the very end like right before you can turn off of uh to go on i don't even know what road it is yeah um i lost control and i cut the wheel the wrong way in a panic because it was like kind of it was a really bad slide and i just went right into a ditch um I was very, very, very mad at myself because I had never been into an accident. I never got a ticket, so. Um, Wait, so the... explain how your 
how bad in a ditch are you? Are you like on the is the car on its side or no? The uh, front part of it was just in the ditch, uh, okay. and the rest of it was like half out with the wheels, like in, like your typical one. The car wasn't in on the side at all. Yeah, um, I had a deer. I hit a deer and and slid into a ditch one time and and it was just just enough so that the front wheels were off the road and I mm-hmm. couldn't I couldn't back up I could have like driven away but yeah. it was just enough that I couldn't like back back up onto the road yeah the same ass. same with me I I just couldn't get out um I so I was like I've never been in this position so I called dad um at this point it's pretty much a blizzard roads are really bad and dad has the Saturn. Wait, I want to hear how the conversation went. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, Dad." And he, well, he was at the main end well basketball game. I'm pretty sure, or wrestling. Yeah, meet. He was doing one of those two. Uh, so, so he I was in town was, already. Luckily, he was in. T- yeah, he was in town already. He was like a minute or two from where I was, but uh, I called, and he was like, "What?" And it's really loud, so like he can't really hear great. I'm like, uh, I'm in a ditch, or I don't remember exactly what I said. And he's like, asked me like what happened, so I told him, and then he said, "Let me call you back." Uh, so he got off the phone. It was only for like a minute, but it felt like ten years. Yeah. As I was sitting there in the car, because the spot is a really bad spot to be in. I was afraid like another Someone car else would was come gonna... down the hill. Yeah, and just smash into me, and I was like, I'm gonna die here. Um, on my birthday, twenty first. <laughs> So he That's calls life, back. Will. <laughs> <laughs> I lived enough years, I think. Um, so he goes, he talked to a couple of the cops that were at the event, and they said, oh, boy, uh, call 911 to have a cop come. No. Yeah. Uh, and they'll be able to tow me out because uh, they'll have a towing service come get me because I had no friends that have a truck or anything that were able to pull me out. Um. So I was out of luck. So I did that, and I felt like a an idiot calling nine one one over that. I don't know. I just did like I think it's for emergencies, and I didn't feel like I was. I don't know. Yeah, I was clearly. So you in called nine one one. Yeah, I had to. That's what I was told to do. Did they say nine one one? What's your emergency? Exactly, and I was like, ah, I'm in a ditch. I was told to call. <laughs> like an idiot. Were they like? Uh, Sir, you're gonna have to stay calm, and you're like, "No, I'm calm." And they're like, "Sir, you're just, gonna have to stay calm." I'm just sitting here. <laughs> no, they're just like, "Oh, where are you?" So I told them. He's like, "Oh boy." Um, so the cop came. He looked at what happened. He's just like, "All right, license and registration." You know that whole thing. He put out some flares. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You talk to him? Yeah, a little bit, and I was like. I looked at him and I was like, the roads look fine. Like it was, and, and like, this was just like bad. And I was like, I told him I was going really slow. Cause I was, I was literally going 15. Like I just very slowly slid into the ditch. I slid on that um, part of the hill too. Once it, it was terrifying. It's, yeah. It's scary. And I was really lucky. There wasn't another car coming the other way. Yeah. You're lucky. He didn't give you a ticket because they like to give tickets for what's the, what's the law. Stupid. Uh, uh, speed not not safe for road conditions not safe for road conditions yeah they See, like to give tickets for that i know they do that so i i told him i'm very clear like I, I told him i was going like literally 15 miles per hour the yeah. whole way down um so yeah he didn't give me a ticket it was a state trooper so i was worried maybe he would uh but he, he was pretty nice so dad comes parks the saturn 
Uh, I don't know. You know where the house is on Twist Run? Yeah, the, the, houses. the big gray yeah. house. Yeah, that it's newer. It's on the right. Yeah, oh, yeah. down the hill. Yeah. Uh, he parked a little bit below that, like where you can pull off. Yep. And walked the rest of the way up the hill. I don't blame him. Um, smart decision. So that happens. The towing service comes, pulls my car out. Wasn't there more than five minutes. Um, and me and dad, I get an accident report. I walk down to the car. Dad has to drive the rest of 38B in a Saturn. Or not 38B, Twister on. Uh, and he was sliding so bad, the car was at like a 180 degree like turn. Ugh. Uh, and another, a couple other cars in front of us were sliding that bad with the cop behind us who <laughs> just filled out my accident report as me and dad were sliding that bad. Gosh. They should really just have a cop hang out there when the roads get bad because that whole spot's awful. Or just yeah, close the freaking road. That mom said that. She's like, I don't know why they didn't close it if it was that bad because I guess the same towing service pulled out like five more people on that same stretch of road that uh-huh. night. Um so we were able to get home safely that night, but I was I already had my day ruined. Um, then, come to find out, the towing was $900 for a, a small tow. Um, they said it was a difficult tow. Okay, all right. Um, so there's that. Uh, I don't know how that'll go. That's what, was, still in... what was difficult about it? Uh, was on their lunch break? He's probably on his lunch break and just didn't. And if he didn't come, it was like I was there in the ditch at 7.20 when I called Dad. And it was like 8 o'clock by the time I got pulled out. Like, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't fast. It also wasn't late. No, they, I don't think they closed until like 9. They weren't closed. Yeah, no, they weren't closed. Um, so after hours, tires is what pulled yeah. me out. Um, if you live in upstate New York, be careful. Yeah, don't get screwed. Yeah, actually, it was funny. I told one of my friends this, and he said, oh, yeah, they towed one of my friend's cars out, and it was like 600 And I was like, that's ridiculous. So whatever came of that? I have no idea. Mm. Nothing yet. So there's that. I don't know how much damage is done. It didn't, I didn't think there was any when I was in the ditch from trying to look at it, but I didn't want to be out on the road too long. But when they pulled it out, like the left bumper was mangled, and I don't know what else. I don't know cars yeah. at all. So good for me, right? Just good Martha banging up the car. <laughs> I thought it was different. <laughs> well, Dan, Dan, you haven't banged banged up a car, have you? Uh, I hit two deer. That was it. Yeah, one didn't even do any damage. The rest of us have banged up a car <laughs> too. It, it's funny because when I, I told Allison, and she didn't believe me, of course, until like <laughs> I was like, no, like I really did. Um, uh, and it was funny because Neil ended up emailing me later that night. He's like, it's all right. Well, like a couple of your siblings have done far worse than the cars. <laughs> Allison ruined my first car. <laughs> exactly. Having, getting yeah. T-boned by a motorcycle. The Tempo. Yep. I love that car. That's so a good car. when I read that, I just thought about all the, the like accidents Allison and Corey have been in. <laughs> I haven't been in any accidents. You've been off the road. Off the road, yeah. Way off the road. <laughs> quite a bit the only time i hit another car was in our driveway (laughs) yeah it was my car car. (laughs) shortly after i bought it wasn't it (laughs) i think you had had it for at least a year or so maybe not i don't know i don't remember i remember that because when you did that you took off running and dan chased you no i didn't i didn't know about it until later oh maybe that was another time Corey threw some oh you threw a football and it hit dan's car (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then Dan took off after you. <laughs> I only recently retired that car. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of good years, good dented years out of it. Dad oh, yeah. hit it, too. When it was yeah, parked. Dad backed into it when it was parked. <laughs> he did. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> the master driver over there. <laughs> um, uh, but no, no he, uh, he was able to save me that night, so I'm very appreciative of that. Nice. That's good. It's, uh, you know, all things considered, at least you can say, you know, you didn't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody was telling me. It's one of those things that they say, and they're right, but I'm still really mad. Yeah. I don't know, it just didn't make me feel better, because, like, literally, I was at the very end of Taft, and for as bad as it was, I was just going to cut it up that hill and Mm. go through Endicott and just get home, like, 25 minutes later. Uh, and would have been fine, would have been home, and we'd have the escape. Because I'm driving the Saturn now, and it's fine when the roads aren't bad, but when the roads are bad, I can't do anything. Yeah. Not that I should be driving anyway, but if the roads aren't even that bad, like, it still slides really bad. Like, I've been driving to school this week, and, like, it's sliding on roads that are just lightly snow-covered. Plus, how are you going to pick up chicks in a 97 Saturn? <laughs> it's, go- it's, it's funny. It's a really hideous color, too. <laughs> Yeah, and it's all, like, dirty from the snow and roads and whatnot. Um, It was funny. I was at work, and I was talking to one of the managers there. uh, And I was talking – I made a joke about picking up chicks, and he looked at me and said, no, you're not. Not without a car. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was like, thanks. Um, So that was my birthday. Happy birthday, man. Thank you. I really rang it in this year. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Had quite the night. Uh, so the next thing is my phone decided to stop registering when I put a charger in. Oh, boy. Uh, and I'm waiting for the iPhone 7 or whatever the next thing is to upgrade. Um, so I bought a charging case on Monday, actually, and it works beautifully. Uh, I did, I don't know because, like, I have to fiddle with the charger for it to work and stay in, but it's getting worse and worse to the point where, like... I really have to, like, jam it in, move the wire around, like, how it's in, and then, like, set it down very carefully. But I bought this charging case, and I don't know if it hits it the right way, but, like, it charges whenever I activate it. And the charger that I plug into it works, too. Good. So I'm pretty happy because now that gives my phone the life that it needs to get to the next uh, iPhone, hopefully. Uh. Um, For Christmas, I got a wireless charger for my phone, and it's been a revelation. Just plug my phone down on the wireless charger and yeah, just let it great. go, right? Yeah, so I don't have to worry about like you know wearing out the the port where it plugs in to charge. Yeah, actually, when I was talking about it with mom, she said, "Why don't you get like a wireless charger or whatever for the iPhone?" And I was like, "I didn't really even think of that." But uh, well, I, I don't know if it's this. I don't know if it's wireless charge compatible, but you you would have to get like a case for it that's wireless compatible mm-hmm. that you could it would be like yeah. like the one you have now it's still yeah. plugged into the the, the lightning port, the port though, right? yeah yeah um and for whatever reason my phone has just decided to eat battery really bad like if i listen i drove into work uh and like i have my phone playing music i'll be at 100 percent when i leave and i get to work it's at 55 wow uh, and I have it in low power mode too, uh, and that'll just make it so it goes from 100 to 70. So I don't know what's going on. Check at the the I think it's in the battery settings. It shows which app is using battery power. 
Facebook. It tells me my music is where using like 25% of my battery, which is weird because it's Seems not, crazy. it's not using, I'm, I don't stream music. I always use the music app from the uh, iPhone uh, and same with podcasts. I always download podcasts, but those two apps have just been killing my battery and I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know. My phone's probably on its way out. That's why. It's new though, isn't it? Uh, I got it 2014, I think. Oh. The you, fall of 2014. Yeah, it's usually September, right, when they release the new iPhones? Yeah. Yeah, and the new one came out this September, or last September, the 2015, but uh, I took the year off on it. Well, well while we're on the topic of iPhones, uh, I've still got my 5, but I bought myself a repair an iPhone repair kit. Mm-hmm. On Amazon, comes with all the little tools and suction cups and uh, uh, glue and stuff that you need to get in your phone and fix things and put it back together and everything. So I'm gonna try and rescue my six that I dropped in a toilet <laughs> that hasn't worked since. I'm hoping it's just corroded here and there. I can scrape scrape some stuff off. Maybe buy it a new battery if it needs it. I don't know. Uh, but if not, my five needs some work too. I mean, the one you dropped in paint. Yeah, I dropped it in an entire bucket of paint. <laughs> totally submerged. The only uh, part that wasn't submerged was the very uh, the very bottom part with, with the headphone jack and the lightning port and the speaker. <laughs> the important parts. So now I, I, it's really hard for me to do phone calls unless I have it on speakerphone because I can't hear the other person. <laughs> uh, the front camera, it's uh, 75% of it is just brown <laughs> from the paint. You could just see the top. This is the only thing that shows. Because when we FaceTimed uh, you that yeah. night of my birthday, like the fifty percent of the screen was black. Yeah, you couldn't see anything on it. Uh, but you know, it's sort of endearing. I, yeah, it's you know, got it's character. Like, it's this phone doesn't owe me anything. Yeah, it's outlasted my six that I bought last year. You know, and I've had it for two years before that. So. Yeah. Totally. Like the old iPhones, that would last forever. Yep, I had my iPhone uh, 3G forever. Yeah, those things were bricks. They just didn't break. No. Ones now, you drop them once and they split open. Yeah, I, exactly. I dropped. I think I said this maybe last week. Uh, I dropped my iPhone six twice, and twice it cracked. Mm-hmm. I dropped my iPhone five probably twenty times. Never cracked. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. The sixes are really, really flimsy and just break. I don't, I don't know. I've been really lucky that mine hasn't broke because I drop my phone all the time. And it's like a hundred some bucks to get the screen fixed. Yeah. If it cracks, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. The only reason why I still have an iPhone is because iMessage. It's so helpful for me. Yeah. Because I can just be on Wi-Fi and send texts, and it's just easy. Yep. Uh, two more things. There's one big thing. I just want to talk about the NHL and the John Scott thing. Mm. That was pretty crazy. That was pretty crazy. Uh, for people who don't know, the American Wyshynski podcast and the Steve Dangle podcast thought it would be funny to vote a goon in to the All-Star game. Uh, so they mentioned it on their podcasts, and then their fans and Reddit got a hold of it uh, and made it happen. And then after he was selected, uh, Arizona traded him to Montreal, and Montreal buried him in the minors, the St. John's uh, team. So a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen with that. And I don't know, Corey, you have Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Do you follow the NHL on Instagram? No. I do. And every time, that three-day period where they didn't talk about what was going to happen with him, um, every comment for, like, 
there was like be a thousand comments and like 600 of them or whatever would be hashtag free John Scott. (laughs) So there was like a huge backlash on the NHL for not allow it. Like they never said that he wasn't going to play, but for not even like, you know, even mentioning it really what was going to happen. So they're getting some pretty bad PR. So I think it was on Tuesday they announced that he would be playing and they're kind of going all in on it now. Like Gary Bradman said that the fans really wanted him, so he's gonna definitely be playing, and he's all right with that and whatnot. Um, so now everybody's posting John Scott is free, uh-huh. uh, and he's talking about wearing his St. John's jersey to yeah. the All Star game instead of the nice. Arizona one. Yeah, I saw they. He said that he'd wear that if they'd let him. I don't know if they're gonna or not. That'd I hope cool. they do. Yeah, I think they should let him do uh, like whatever. Really, honestly. Because they were talking about in the American Wyshynski podcast that, yes, they did do it as, like, a goof. But they picked somebody who, one, could handle it. Yeah. Uh, and, two, who is, like, really, like, endearing to the media and funny and will do cool stuff. Like, because this has brought more attention to the NHL All-Star game. Because the All-Star game for the NHL is kind of a joke and, like, nobody watches it. And it's pretty poorly, poorly played. Um, so like this is it's on ESPN that this story is on there and whatnot. Like so this is like I'm watching the All Star game this year because John Scott is in it. Yeah. So like this is like a free like softball to the NHL to let him play. Yeah. Yep. In my opinion. What is he gonna do in the skills competition? Do you think? Uh, skater. Somebody said Spear Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a new uh, competition they're doing this year? Spearing competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, part of slap shot maybe? I don't know. Uh I'm pretty sure they anything he does, the bar's so low for his skill level that anything <laughs> he does is gonna be incredible. Like if he scores a goal in the three on three game, like everybody's gonna go crazy. Like if he does the shootout competition, like because honestly all they need is Johnny Gaudreau to like teach him like a move, like a shootout move that he can pull off. Yeah. And he like practices it and learns it and does it. He, he can do to... he can do the Merrick Malik uh <laughs> between the legs between the legs between the legs Merrick Malik was not a graceful man no he, no, wasn't. he wasn't I still remember uh, that he, he had two left feet yeah <laughs> out on um, the ice but yeah like uh that's I think it's great that John Scott's playing and I'm excited and I was I wish Eric was here to talk about it because I know when he said it was happening he didn't like it but he kind of like got behind it recently yeah. Well, I wanted to hear what he thought. It's all, I mean, the the NHL allowed fans to put players in the All-Star game, so if that's who they picked, then they just have to deal with it, you know? They did say they're going to change the format. Yeah, I'm sure. But... Well, they've already changed it. It used to be, you know, you'd vote in 12 people. This year it was only six or four well, or something. It's the conference, or is the uh, captains for every division. Yeah. Um, Which made people mad in the first place. That's why John Scott got voted in. You'd think they would have uh, if they really didn't want it to happen. And there's not, I mean, there's a little bit of evidence that they didn't want him to go. Uh, but there's not a ton. And if they really didn't want him to go, don't you think they'd stuff the ballot a little bit? Yeah, they'll really have the power to do that. They could have sure. said Johnny Goudreau got a good push at the end from yeah. the Calgary fans and Goudreau won. Yeah. But I guess it wasn't even, like, close, like the other... Mm. like captain votes wise so like I don't, it would have been maybe it would have been a little harder for them to do because the voting was so like one-sided i just i don't buy the whole that the whole american washinsky and uh the dangle podcast are to blame no i don't think they have i really don't think they have enough listeners to 
to do that. You yeah, know? but of you, course, you get their it listeners in... took it and ran with it, yeah. and then they spread it. But you can't yeah. put all the blame on them. You Once know? it gets on the no. internet, you'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah, and like I want to. I think it was Ronick or said that like it, the people who voted for John Scott aren't hockey fans, oh. but like. The people who voted for John Scott are hockey fans because you have to know what kind of player John Scott is for you to even get the joke. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's it gives you a reason to watch the All-Star game. Exactly. I'm going to watch it this year because Yeah, me too. He's in it and it's going to be interesting and funny. And I really hope the Pacific Division wins. I hope he scores a goal. There's <laughs> the conspiracy theory is that uh the NHL is somehow going to force his wife to go into labor. He's gonna have to leave. <laughs> so, that was something very interesting that I've been following really closely, and I would have been very, very upset if he wasn't playing. But, uh, but luckily, he is. And keeping it on the kind of hockey note, uh, my first class started this week at Broom, uh, and it's the ice skating class that I signed up for. Nice. Uh, it's really cool because it starts a week early, and like this is like a low stress class, which is kind of fun, and ends in early March when my semester ends in early May. So I have a long period of like that. Once that class is done, like I got nothing in that time slot, so I'll have more free time opened up. Um, Who's the teacher? Is it still the? Is it the guy I had? His name is Ryan Heinelin. Mm, old? No, young. No, not not the one I had then. I, I really like him because he goes when the class started, he's like, who's never really ice skated? And I haven't ice skated since I was really, really, like, really young. Mm-hmm. It's been eight years probably for me. Yeah, yeah. So I raised my hand and he's like, oh, and I was the only one. Everybody else is like prodigy skaters in this class. It's unbelievable. Oh, gosh. So I was like, what did I do? <laughs> um, so he's like, all right, you'll be with me. So like my first half of the first day, I was holding onto the wall and really scared. Um and now I'm to the point now where I'm, like, kind of bombing around the ice without holding onto the wall. And, like, I got people coming up to me saying, for your second day skating, you've done so well. Um, and I don't know why if I just picked it up really quickly or if, like, my brief pass with it, like, kind of helped me. But, like, when I get out on the ice for the first time, I'm kind of scared and holding onto the wall. But, like, once I warm up to it, I'm able to kind of yeah. bomb around a lot. And I haven't fallen yet. And I'm able to do all of the uh, things he's having us do. Like, he's having us, like, march on the ice and, like, doing, like, a swizzle sort of thing where your skates go out and then in, out and then in. Uh, And I'm doing a little bit of backwards stuff. Nice. Yeah, so I'm pretty pleased with myself that I've been able to skate around and not hold onto the wall anymore. So when I did it, it was there was two professors. uh, And one took all the, the people who had skated before and the other took everyone else. And the people who had skated before, there was, like, eight of us. Mm-hmm. And the people who hadn't, there was, like, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's me and another person who not are not weren't good. I, I'm at least to the point now where I can keep up with everybody pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I, only, I know a kid actually in there. My lab partner from chemistry the last semester was randomly in it. So, like, I know somebody at least, which makes it a little bit better. But... He also said that there was 25 kids in the class, and there's only been, like, 12 in class. So uh, he says maybe that the people who didn't know that the class started a week early will be here this coming Tuesday. They so maybe we'll, the memo. Exactly. We'll get some, like, kids who can't skate, so I don't feel so. Because he said people who start for the first time, he has them, like, falling all over the ice and, like, to the point where they can't even stand up. So he said he was really impressed with how 
good I was with skating. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's a fun class. I'm really enjoying it. Like, cause I, whenever I like wake up in the morning to go to, I'm like, I don't want to do this. But when I'm there, I'm like, this is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts off with like 20 minutes of us like skating, like just free skating. And then he does like 30 minutes of like actual stuff. Then he lets us do whatever after. Uh huh. So like, it's really like so easy. That's good. Yeah. It'll be an easy A for my GPA. So you're on the path to the NHL finally. It's funny, I emailed Neil after the first class because I was kind of embarrassed, and I said, hey, can you give me some skating tips so I'm not, like, the big the big sissy hanging out of the wall? You know what he said to me? What? He goes, I haven't skated in two years, so I would be one of those big sissies holding on for dear life. <laughs> and I was like, come on, <laughs> you've been skating your whole life. Yeah, good advice, you jerk. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I got it a little bit better now. Uh, I almost fell today, which would have been really embarrassing, but I've been able to not. So. I, I, miss, I miss skating. It's so much fun. I was always better. I mean, I mostly rollerbladed, but I have a few brief experiences with uh, ice skating. I, I could never stop because I was oh, used to rollerblading. I played rollerblade hockey a lot. Stopping younger. is so, so hard. Yeah, I could never I was, get the hang of I was that. trying to. I was trying to hockey stop today. He was the teacher was showing me a little bit of how to do it, but like, there's no way I'd yeah. be able to do it yet. Okay. But that's it for my long, long week. Sounds good. What do you got, Corey? I just have one thing I wanted to talk about. I watched uh, on Reddit's recommendation a new sci-fi channel series called The Expanse. Uh-huh. Oh, I've heard about that. It's uh, pretty good. The the post on Reddit I saw said it was the best show space show since firefly uh-huh. uh and they likened the politicking going on in the show to game of thrones at least as good as game of thrones uh-huh. uh, which i don't know if i entirely agree with then again That's i've a, only watched the first two episodes it's still a lofty a lofty uh a yeah. lofty uh comparison it really is but uh i'm really really enjoying it it's uh the setup for it is that there's three sort of factions there's the earthlings the people who live on earth there's the people who live on mars and the belters they call them and they're the ones who mine resources and ice from the asteroid belts to provide the resources and water for earth and mars i think i don't know i haven't totally figured it out uh but there's, you know, there's good characters. The special effects are really, really, really well done for a sci-fi series. Um, we'll we'll see where it goes. Like I said, I've only seen the first two episodes, but I'm I'm really liking it so far. What was it called again? The Expanse. The Expanse. Okay. I could see, you know, they've set up a lot of the politic, factional stuff, uh-huh. uh, and I could see it going to really interesting places. So, you know, maybe maybe it will reach that point but uh from what i read in the comments uh of the post everyone's like yeah you know it's a good space show but don't compare it to game of thrones and firefly yeah that's yeah both of those are really lofty yeah that's lofty not a not a fair comparison to make for that show but i i do recommend uh if you're into science fiction especially space shows Me. watch the first episode or two uh Is they're that, good what did you say it's on sci-fi on the sci-fi channel it is it on netflix or Nope, Sci-Fi Channel. Okay, can you, can you watch on demand? Them? Really? Nice. 
And that's it. Oh, actually, uh, I also wanted to mention I rewatched Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, the first one? What a good movie that that's is. That's a great movie. I forgot how good it was until I rewatched it. It's so good. It's um, just one of those good, solid, family, fun pirate movies. Yeah, you know? my, my wife, uh, I think last year, bought me the Blu-ray for that one. Yeah. That's all, I mean, the other ones are okay, but not nearly yeah. as good. The first one was fantastic. First one is really good. Like even the sword fights and everything. Yeah, oh, I just love it. It's a good movie. Yep. Okay. Uh, the only thing I have to talk about is also a movie. Uh, for for Christmas, the wife bought us the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. which I had only seen bits and pieces when they were on TV, and I've wanted to watch them for a while now. I was actually one of those people that wanted to read all the books first. That's just not going to happen. Um, especially not with me, me going through the game of Thrones books. Like it'll be forever until I ever get a chance to sit down and read Harry Potter. So we watched the movies. I watched the first one, uh, philosopher's stone and it was good. So yes, my uh, favorite one is chamber of secrets, chamber of secrets. That's that the third one, second one, second, I think. Okay. It might be third. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the order at all. Like it, we got, we got the blu ray So, um, that even like it has to say on the back like which movie come which movies come first because there's seven or eight of them eight of yeah. them I think they get they get bad bad I, in my opinion yeah okay. I think I I the early ones are better I think so for sure uh I don't know I, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan so I'm yeah. not the best judge right uh, but Chamber of Secrets was definitely definitely my favorite and then Prisoner of Azkaban was pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the first one was all right. And then after that, I just didn't really care for any of them. Okay. We actually, within the last year, rewatched them all because mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't seen them all. I had just yeah. seen a couple of them here and there. But yeah, they were on TV, like network TV. And, we, you know, they, it would be on after football or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I would be, be enthralled in watching them because I've always wanted to watch them. But it would be like bits and pieces, like I said. So uh, we started watching. We're probably going to watch like one a week. For the next however long. Uh, there you go. Was that part of the? If you watch Game of Thrones, I'll watch Harry Potter. Deal. No, no, no. I've I've <laughs> wanted to watch watch it. Yeah. Uh, there was no trade off for Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's so good. I just begged and pleaded enough that she was like fine, and she ended up loving it. So that's good. Yeah. You made a fan. Yes, it did. We're both counting down the days until season six. I can't wait, and then we can talk about it I know. every week. I know. It's going to be I'm hard not to spoil this. things, though. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we'll take a quick break, right? Yeah, I yeah. need to use the gentleman's room. I also have to use the facility. Uh, so, yeah, we'll take a quick break and be back with what we played in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 235 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in what we played. Um uh, Corey, you want to get? Should we get started with uh, Dragon's Dogma? Uh, sure. That being the big re- release from last week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen. It is a port of the Xbox 360, PS3 uh, game. There. I mean, other than the Dark Arisen improvements, or isn't a whole lot of improvements. They did unlock the frame rate and put in the the standard graphical options. Um, you know that are that that's go, it? going to a PC port. What's that? Uh, that's it. I was. I mean, I was curious about what was included in the PC port. Yeah, it was mostly just a port, like you know, graphical stuff. There wasn't a, a lot of other changes in that, other than the stuff that the changes from Dark Arisen. 
Uh, There's no user interface changes or anything like that. I don't believe so. I just playing it on the PC. I felt like it was. And granted, I played very little of it when it came out on 360. I just felt like it was more user friendly. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, I mean, the menus suck. Still, (laughs) but they're not as bad as Fallout 4s. Uh, see, no, I, I, I I disagree on that, but, uh, well, a lot of it is the, the, the way the controls are like the, the, in most like, uh, PC RPGs and stuff, when you, when you go up and down on a menu, you can use the scroll wheel to scroll up and down on the menu. That does not work in Dragon's Dogma. You have to actually go to, you've got it. Yeah. I use keyboard and mouse. You have to actually go over with the slider and move it over. And it's the, the menus are not designed very well. Uh, for for keyboard and mouse, I don't think, but I I mean someone's gonna come up with a mod to fix that or they'll patch it. Mm-hmm. Um, that needs a little work, but uh, as for the like the port itself, it's actually a really well done port. I agree, um, it runs excellently. I only get the occasional frame rate drop when I'm uh, just outside Grand Soren, um, just because the view distance is so far and there's so much to show there. But other than that, I get a a very consistent sixty frames per second. Um, yep. in the game, which is awesome. Me too, um, even. Oh, good. On your on a lesser on lesser a, card. I probably don't, I don't have card. everything turned up all the way though. So right, yeah, I have all the graphics maxed, um, and my graphics card is just a hair overclocked. Uh, but I put about thirty hours into it since it came out on Friday. Um, nice. I play it just about every night, and then like bits and pieces here during the day when I can. Um, Corey, what are your what are your thoughts on it so far? Get your get your read it was, on it. It was really nice because I remember when this game came out and we were playing it. I remember thinking to myself, "There's a lot of things this game does really well. Absolutely, uh, it might not all come together as well as it could, right? But it does a few very specific things that I think are are really cool mm-hmm. uh, for this type of fantasy role playing game. And the, one of the biggest ones for me is the way you can climb on beasts. Yeah. The monsters that you're fighting, yeah, absolutely. Climb up them and attack them, like just like and in different the different parts of their bodies and stuff. Yeah, that's it's, great. It's all very strategic too. There's there's a there's a rhyme and reason for a lot of the stuff. Like, for example, if you're fighting a cyclops, it's a really really big creature. Usually has a helmet and a club. Uh, you can climb up its back, and if you like like stab it in the back of the neck and stuff, you could knock off its helmet. If you knock off its helmet it reveals its eye if you then then you can shoot it in the eye and do a lot of damage and it kind of stuns it uh mm-hmm. same thing with the arm if you attack the arm of it if you climb up on the arm or even attack the arm from the ground you can knock the club out of his hand yeah. um if you attack his legs sometimes he'll trip up and fall and you can obviously then attack the face and head a little bit easier there's all these little little uh strategies you can you can learn for attacking these things which you don't see like what other fantasy rpg does that no there's not a lot of them and uh, all, all the different bigger things not necessarily the small things have like weird ways you can you can fight them like i was reading one someone who was fighting a griffin um and you know they're damaged easily against fire um but they're having trouble catching on fire so what they did is they doused themselves in oil climb and, and you know managed to climb onto the griffin and when they were climbing around on the griffin then it was doused in oil and then they could catch it on fire to to damage it better yeah there's little Brilliant. strategies you can do um, yeah. that make the combat system really interesting in that game. And that, what you just described there, is uh, one of the things I really liked about Divinity. I know you still haven't played it. No, I'm going uh, to. Going to. But yeah, there, the, it's all those kind of things. Like it's not just combat. It's 
there's an element of creativity involved with it. Yep. And that's what I really love love about it. And it's uh, also the ability to grab things, including enemies, and throw them or hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use your teammates to what's the shield thing? Oh, where you it's can like jump a sh- off like a shield vault or something like shield that. Shield vault, yeah, where your teammate can ha- hold up a shield and you can jump on it and that use that as a springboard to is jump up shield springboard or yeah, something, something like that, like yeah, that. To, to, to jump onto enemies to something flying or something tall that you can grab onto it's great yeah it's awesome uh and the whole pawn system yeah. which was funny because when i first played i can't remember the first day i played it maybe tuesday is the first time i sat down to play it and now, <coughs> the way the pawn system works is you play the game it's a single player game but you have Every person has a pawn, mm-hmm. which is basically just like a teammate. Yeah, a main pawn uh, that you can create on your own. Yep, and that pawn goes into, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a multiplayer, like a nexus kind of thing. Yeah, the rift, I think The rift, call it. yeah. Uh, your pawn goes into the rift and can be used by anybody else playing the game, yep. including your friends, people on your friends list. Yeah, so can, I had Dan's on my, friend, I was Dan gonna, on my friends list. I was going to say, can you use my pawn for free? Yep. Okay. Just so, and I remember that from the 360 version. Yeah. If they're your friend, it doesn't matter what level and equipment they have. You can use them for free. If they're not your friend, if they're if the the person's pawn, if the pawn belonging to the person on your friends list is not on your friends list, then you have to pay a certain form of in game currency. currency. Yeah. Uh, RC. What's it called? Rift. Rare, rare crystals or rift crystals? Yeah, I think it's rift crystals. And it can be pretty substantial. It gets higher based on the level difference. Yeah. However, uh, at level four, I was able to use Dan's level twenty-eight pawn <laughs> <laughs> as as part of my team. You get three pawns total. Uh, yeah, your Brienne. main your main pawn. Bri- yeah, Brienne of Tarth. Yes, and it sounds like her too. Did you pick a voice? Yeah, I did. I picked a voice. The like... only thing I forgot to do, I tried to make her like uh, hair and stuff look like her. I forgot to change the height to make her really tall. I noticed that. Yeah, because she's about the same height as my character, which is kind of short. I somehow overlooked that when I was creating her. Did you happen to look at my pawn? No. Wait, yes. Uh, What's his name? Maestro. Maestro, yeah. I did. He's got the handlebar mustache. Handlebar mustache and really long girl hair. Mm -hmm. And really short and scraggly. Yep, I did. Yeah, but what happens is, what like you go into this? There's this rift stone that you go into in a, in a town or settlement of some sort, and uh, when you go in there, there's like probably six or eight pawns, different pawns that you can cho- you can choose from that are just wandering around in this like this nexus rift area. Uh, but you can also search uh, by specific terms. Um, you can pick, just pick the top ranked. Uh, and then when you send a pawn away, like after you've used them or whatever, cause they don't level up with you, your pawn, you, your character and your main pawn will level up, but the, the pawns that are, are with you don't necessarily level up if their owner doesn't level them up. Um, so, uh, if you want to pick new ones, then, you know, after, after you're done with them, they'll go back into the rift and you can send them with something, uh, along with like a, it's got a rating system too, for, for the pawns helpfulness. Cause they'll. The more you use, like, your pawn in the more quests and stuff and areas you visit or monsters you fight, it, it helps them learn things. Like, they learn different strategies for, for uh, or where secrets are. Um, so that's yeah. that's another th- useful thing that the, the pawns do, like, on their own. They learn how to fight different enemies or learn secret ways. And, like, even early on, like, I had a pawn that was, 
I hired them. They were a couple levels ahead of me or whatever. It wasn't, wasn't very much, but they knew where to go on one of the quests that I need, that I needed to do. So I just followed them to where I needed to go. It was great. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as a, as a level, I think I was six level six or seven at the time I had Dan's level 28 pawn. Mm -hmm. And obviously he had done a bunch of quests and fought a bunch of monsters ahead of me. So his pawn knew all the information about the quests and the monsters that I was fighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if it was a big one, it would give me tips. It would say like, you know, uh, okay, now let's attack its head. Like it would assist. It would tell me how to beat the enemy that I was fighting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And uh, when you're playing, your pawn learns stuff too, and they'll say, ah, oh, I know how to fight that monster yep. now, or, oh, I've learned this area. Uh, because like Dan was saying, they'll also give you directions. If you're in a zone or something, they'll and tell you where to go. Point out treasures. They'll also loot stuff as you're, as you're going along, which is great. You just, you know, you go into a new area, and they'll just start picking up all the herbs or whatever that you need to make, make potions and stuff with. And it's fantastic. I love all that it stuff. Is. Uh, it's something that needs... Needs to be implemented into other games. I re- the pawn system's brilliant. I thought. Well, Xenoblade kind of does. It has it. it a little bit, yeah. A little well, bit. that and uh, you you sort of talked about this a little bit, Dan. And I wanted to ask you: the pawns that you borrow from other people don't level up with you, no. right? Unless, unless when you go and stay in an inn, it'll update all the pawns. So if they're if if whoever you know whoever created them is it leveled them up since then, it'll that'll reflect after you've. Uh, uh, stated in, in it kind of like resets everything, I guess. And their equipment too. Equipment, yeah, everything. That's gets updated. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, because I had one that I really liked. His name was Frederick. Uh, he had really advanced equipment. I don't know how, but he was he was unbelievable. But he get to he got to the point where his level was just too low, and he wasn't really helping me anymore. So it's like you got to message the user on Steam. Yeah. And be like, Hey man, can you play your character? Yeah. A little bit more? Get your shit together. I want to keep Frederick <laughs> on my team, but you can like favorite them. And if you see that they're leveled up later, you can just, you know, uh, summon them again, I guess. Yeah. For lack of a better word. So that's a really cool system. Another thing I really like about, uh, Dra- dragon's dogma is nighttime. Um, that it, was the next point I was going to bring up. Yeah, it does nighttime really well, a lot better, a lot better than a lot of other games. Uh, nighttime is really, really dark. Or if you go in a cave or a dungeon or whatever without a light source of any kind, it's really dark. Uh, I think, I mean, there's ways around it if you turn the gamma up, but that's defeats the fun of the game for me. Um, there's times where you're, you know, just stuck out in the wild, and like if you don't have oil to put in your lantern, it's really really freaking dark um is it darker than dying light dark yeah oh yeah you can't yeah. you can't see anything wow. really yeah that's, um, that's crazy outside of you know your your lantern or if you equip lanterns on on your pawns or whatever mm-hmm. uh so it, it's it's more dangerous because there's more bad guys out but it's also like i said really dark and, and hard to get around like you can kind of follow roads a little bit but you don't want to go off the roads at all because even the lantern only lights like a little small area around you, so you can only see like what's immediately around you. You can't see if there's a chimera like off in the distance waiting to pounce on you. You know. Yeah, there was a dungeon I was in too <clears throat> um, that I ran out of oil. It was uh, the one underneath Grand Soren uh, Ever Everfall dungeon. I haven't uh, made it that far. Yeah, it was. Uh, I ran out of lamp oil. And I was just oh. had to wait till we one of my pawns found some. I was just swinging my sword in the dark and doing my best. 
How long is nighttime in the game? Like forty? I think they said forty-five minutes are the day-night <laughs> cycles. I mean, it's wow, not completely dark cool. for all of that, but yeah. And you can sleep it off. You know, you don't have to wait. Yeah, you can uh, okay. stay at an inn and have you have your character stay till morning. Uh, if, if that's you're just, out there, in that's the just, wild, yeah. If you okay. get caught out in the wild, it's it's pretty difficult. Or if you're in a dungeon, you need to have a light source, or you will not, not be able to see because there's not there's not like fire everywhere, you know. Not like Skyrim. (laughs) Yeah, not like Skyrim, where you can walk around in the dark and still see everything. What's your main character, Dan? Uh, I made, like, a ranged character. I can't remember. It's the yellow one. Uh, I I started off as the base one, and then I moved up to ranger. Uh, But I mastered ranger, and now I'm doing assassin. Okay. So uh, I use use a bow a lot. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, The vanilla version of the game just had three classes, right? No, I think it's had the same. Okay, because uh, I maybe did, I didn't realize it, but I thought it was just the three classes. But once I went to the bitter back isle, which mm-hmm. is the expansion, right? yeah, that's the dark arisen expansion. The dark arisen. That's stuff. all high level uh, content. They gave me a bunch of other classes to choose from. No, they were they were all in the okay. in the vanilla. Maybe game. I just misunderstood then. Yeah, you have to the the only way to change that or or upgrade all that stuff is in the capital. Uh maybe there's a way to do it. There's probably a way to do it on bitter bitter black isle. I haven't done that much there. Um but yeah, you you can change your vocation or learn learn skills and stuff at the innkeep in Grand Soren. Okay. So if you didn't if you didn't make it that far then you no, didn't no, see not that yet. part. I'm I I'm at the point now where I just passed where I had played through it in three in the 360 version. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen that much that I haven't already seen. But I did go to the Bitter Black Isle. Okay. That's all high-level content? There's yeah. nothing I can do there at low level? I don't believe so. Maybe very little. You might be able to kill the first few things in it. But it's all, it's all it was meant as a uh, you know more content for the people that max their characters out or whatever. Gotcha. And, you know, well, bigger, why, do they, bigger why do they sell it to you right at the start of the game then? Mm. Don't um. know. Probably just to open it up so you know it's there. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I went in there at, like, 25 or whatever, and I had trouble killing some of the wolves at the beginning of the beginning of the world. So. Well, I have no problem with anything because I just let you lead the way. Yeah, yeah. I think my character's low. I think we're 36 now. Okay. See, I didn't know that. I have to go sleep in it in, and then yeah. it'll update. It should update, update my Equipment, pond. too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, I wanted to play cuz I, I watched a like a port the port report video on it and uh I decided I wanted to cuz I was going to play with the controller too, but uh because my character is a ranged character, it's like a it's plays like a shooter with my when I when I equip my bow. Yeah. Um so definitely the keyboard and mouse was the way I wanted to go with that cuz when I played before I was a mage. Mm. So I wanted to try the the ranged character and I love it so far. It's really uh, fun. I went with Mage this time because I know I made a fighter the first time around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a what a great game. It really is. It really is. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this, Corey, but it has a little bit of a Dark Souls feel to it. Oh yeah. It the the world feels very hopeless and kind of run down and mm-hmm. like it's on and, its, like it's on its last legs and. I'm not noticing it as much this time because I have your level 28 character, mm-hmm. but uh, I remember the first time I played it, the difficulty yeah. was really, the difficulty curve was really high. Yeah. 
Uh, right. I'm definitely having an easier time with it this time, but that's because I rem- remember all the tricks from when I played it before. So I yeah. even remember like a lot of the locations and stuff and how to get to different places from when I, cause I played it a ton, you know, when it was on the 360. and I'm sure I'll be, I mean, I've already got 30 some hours into it. I don't know how far into the story I am, but that's crazy to me. So good. So yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great port really. If you have any interest in the game, uh, I don't think the requirements are that high for it either. I think they're really, they're relatively low. So you could probably yeah. run it on a variety of machines. But they yeah. gotta be doing a second one. They ha- they yeah. did an online one. They have an MMORPG. Oh, that's right. But it's not, it's not here. I want this. I want Dragon's Dogma too. You know, I don't, yeah, definitely. I don't want an MMORPG. No. Was it's made by Capcom, right? Capcom. Yep. Was I think that's the game they said that they're not opposed or they're listening to people who say they want a sequel. Yeah, I, right? I mean, I'm sure if the Steam one sells well, which I'm and sure I think it sure, has, I think it has. Um, and, but part of that is because they did a good job with the port. You know, it runs great. I haven't had any crashes in 30 hours. I've played it quite a bit. Um, like I said, graphics maxed out. Like just a little, little bit of frame rate drop when I'm in the area just outside of Grand Soren, but that's because of the view distance is so far. So. It runs fantastic. Uh, like I said, my only complaint with it is the menu stuff kind of sucks right now, but I'm hoping that gets fixed at some point. But I, th- I think that would all play better with a controller. Yep. One of the yeah. things it does well too is uh, if you're pl- if you're just playing, like even if I want, I had a lot of menu stuff I want to do. If I just plugged in a controller, it'll immediately change the inputs. And then if uh-huh. I un- unplugged it again, it'll go back to keyboard and mouse. Which not so, every game does. No, a lot of games don't do say, that. Yeah. So that's Which also a very, very cool feature. So yeah, recommend big big old recommend from Dan and I. Yep, uh, I got it from Green Man Gaming too this. for twenty percent off. It was twenty four dollars. Good deal. I Worth would, every penny. I would pay. I would have paid full price for this game to play it again, but it's a steal at twenty four dollars. I would have paid twenty four dollars for it. <laughs> That's saying a lot. You did so coming, I don't have coming to. from you, Corey. That's saying a lot. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but that's all. I, that's all I played this week. I might have played a little bit of uh, Xenoblade like late last week. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, nothing more to report. I'm still working on side quests. I haven't played it since Dragon's Dogma came out. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep playing that because I know if I stop for too long, I won't want to get back into it. Yeah, and I'm getting to that point now where I'm, I'm thinking new video card, and it's like, yeah, do I get rid of my Wii U? I don't know. Because I've got Mario Maker and Xenoblade and the Wii U itself, and that would all pull a, a fairly decent right. chunk so for a new right. video card. Yeah. I, I mean, if I were you, I'd wait on the video cards and see. Because NVIDIA released no new cards last year, so they're going to come out with new cards this year. I would just wait and see what they are before I yeah, bought. I'll just stick it out, I guess. That's, that's You're my, good at doing that. That's my two I know. Cents. I'm usually pretty patient when it comes to this stuff, so I guess I'll stick to it. And I haven't, we talked about this, but I haven't hit too many issues playing playing the games that I have, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't re- even realize until, like, I remember playing The Witcher 3 on my computer and being like, oh, this looks great. But then I went and saw it on your computer, and I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. What can you do? Yeah. It is what it is. The best you know? The best thing is, is for the most part, you can customize it to have it look, if you want it to look nicer, fine. If you want it to run. Like, I even lowered some of the settings on mine so it would be smooth as silk, 60 yeah. frames, you know, front to back. 
I try to find a good balance. The big thing with me is uh, view distance. Yeah. The rest of the stuff, I can, I'm fine. You know, if the texture textures aren't great. Yeah. Uh, but I just need to be able to have good view distance. I hate pop-in. Oh, pop-in's awful. There, there oh. is some pop-in in Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, it's, trees. It's, it's noticeable. Trees a lot, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. noticeable, but. What are you going to do? Yeah. Sometimes you, you can't do anything about it. Right. That'll be fixed with a mod, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I hope people mod this game. There, there, fun. The, there is a few mods already for it, actually. That's cool. Yeah. But minor, minor fixes, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Good game. Easy recommend. That's all I've got. Corey, what do you got? Uh, I played two other games, Pony Island and That Dragon Cancer. Pony Island, let's hear it. You want to hear Pony Island? Sure. Uh, so Pony Island is a game I was interested in. I look at, I don't know what release schedule you guys look at, but I look at the Game Informer one because they have a mix of the AAA games and the smaller games that uh-huh. not too many people are familiar with. And uh, Pony Island was listed there, I think. I think that's where I heard about it. I guess it doesn't really matter. But then I always cross-reference it with Steam and Metacritic. Once it releases, I'll check the review score on Metacritic, and I'll see what people on Steam are saying. Because uh, sometimes those two don't agree with each other. Yeah. I would say a lot of times they don't agree with each other. Yeah, and I, I haven't decided whether I trust Steam reviews more than Metacritic reviews or vice versa. I don't know. Uh it's hit or miss, really. But if if the game gets a good review on one or the other, then I have a tendency to check it out on my own. Uh-huh. Uh, but Pony Island was one I had my eye on based on its just the sales pitch of it, which is you're, like, trapped in an arcade machine, and you need to get out. And I actually did a review card for the game, so you can yeah. see that on thumbstickathletes.com. Uh, and I actually revamped the review card form Dan, I think you, you're the only one that saw it. Yeah. Do you have like a, a template? Kind of. It's an it's a Photoshop template though. Okay. So I don't know if you can use that or not. But uh I don't know. Did you like that review card yeah. format more than looked, what we used to do? I thought it looked great. I think it was a little bit more user friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, it was easier to see and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh versus I think stylistically before maybe might have been a little bit better, but whatever. Uh, that's neither here nor there. It's it's. I compared it to Undertale and Frog Fractions, uh-huh. which none of you guys played. But nope. Frog Fractions is a game that's very much uh, you think you're getting something, but you're totally getting something different by the end of the game. And that's what this game does. And I don't know how to talk about it without, you know, spoiling the twists and turns. But the basic Pony Island game is that you you're a pony and you're jumping over fences and that's it. It's like a very straightforward play on like a shitty arcade game. All right. But, uh, a demon, maybe even Lucifer himself has taken over the arcade cabinet and wants to steal your soul, uh, which he has done to many people before you. So there's, uh, there's like, pseudo hacking mini games uh and that kind of stuff to try to figure out how to purge satan from the arcade cabinet and satan and lucifer are the worst too yeah it's it's a really bizarre game 
Um, I don't. It's not as good as Undertale. I think Undertale did a much better job in terms of uh, like just creativity and implementing video game tropes that we're all familiar with, but you know, putting a spin on them. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times in Pony Island where I was a little bit annoyed because I just couldn't beat the stupid little mini game. Which in a game like that, you don't really want to be caught up in that side of stuff. You just want to constantly be surprised by the direction the game takes you. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did find myself getting caught up in the mundane stuff, which really kind of annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another just creative game about games. So, and it's cheap on Steam. It's like $5. Okay. Yeah. I saw that it was inexpensive. It's probably worth it. I think it only took me four hours, maybe. To beat? Yeah. Will, you're a little quiet. Yeah, are you away from your mic or something? No, it's in the same spot it's always been. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did beat it, so. Well done. Yeah. Uh, I, it's hard for me to recommend it. I liked it. Uh, I think. Does it only cater to a specific taste? If you liked Undertale or Frog Factions, you definitely like it. Okay. Um, but for somebody who's looking for something a little deeper, probably wouldn't enjoy it or like the value proposition. For me, it's one of those games I'll play once and never, ever play again. Right. So, you know, if your $5 is worth those four hours or so, then I think it was four hours. Maybe it was only two. I can't remember. Then by all means, um, which I think that's a good value, $5 for, for that sure. time. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. The other game I played is That Dragon Cancer. That Dragon Cancer. Oh, boy. Which, did that come out on Ouya originally? No, it was supposed to be... I think it was supposed to be on Ouya. Okay. It was a part uh, Ouya partnership game. I think it's one of those games that Ouya gave a bunch of money to, but then Ouya went out of business, but they still got Ouya's money. Uh, It's about a little boy named Joel... It's actually not about him, but it's about his parents. Yeah. Um, true story. The developers of the game developed this game based on the story of their, at the time, 12-month-old son who got some form of, I think, brain cancer. Um, and this one's really hard for me to judge because it's one of those games that's so personal to the developers, and it's obvious that it's personal to them. That and this is one of the reasons why I hate review scores so much. Um, it's it's almost like reading somebody's journal. Yeah, and it's not like how do you compare a game like this to, you know, another indie game yeah. that was you know meant for consumers and stuff like this. I don't feel like this game is really meant for a mass audience. Right. Um. But. Yeah. You know, once you charge fifteen dollars for it and put it up on Steam, then you open yourself up to those criticisms, and they have been getting a lot of criticism. Yeah, criticisms. There, there's been. Uh, I think Kotaku wrote up an article about all the uh, haters saying, you know, you wanted your kid to get cancer and die. You used your kid for people are profit. Horrible. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, but. And I'm not defending those people, but the game itself isn't great. It's really not. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, like I said, it's it's not 
it's hard to judge it as a video game. You know, we've been doing this for f- four years, five years, almost four and a half years, four and a half years at this point. And it's the first time I've played a game and I just kind of felt like I can't judge it from the perspective. I've been judging games all that this time. Yeah. Cause it's so, so personal and it's not about Joel. It's not about, I expected it to be like, you know, look how strong my kid was, uh, take this strength and you know use it for yourself well he's is, he's really too young right for that but that's but that's the story that's always told you know with kids with cancer is right. you know my child was so strong uh look at this and and you know use his strength for yourself and use it to get through something but it's not what it's about it's, it's about the, the str- parents yeah the, struggle. their struggle yeah with it and it, it actually took a weird turn that i also wasn't expecting and it got super religious yeah i heard that too so uh, there's there's actually a lot of complaints about that aspect oh, of it too but that's the thing like how can you complain about that because it's such a personal experience well, th- and that that was that was my point like yeah you may not like the religion in it but that's their story yeah and how yeah. dare you judge their story because mm-hmm. you don't like the religion in it you know it's just, yeah that that bothers me to no end. Yeah. It's it's almost like reading a journal entry. Yeah. You know, it's it's just such a personal thing and I can't I can't you know judge it as a <laughs> fake pseudo, you know, games talker about her. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay, yeah. well look at it this way. Was the story worth telling or reading? I mean, did you get did you get anything from the story? Like, I don't think I'm ever going to play it. I don't think I can. No, no, you didn't get anything from it. It 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 was interesting, right? And I got what I expected out of it, and I did. You know, I got it got a little dusty in here uh-huh. a couple times. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it because it's a, it's a minor spoiler for the game, but it's one of those things that you won't know until you play and experience it for yourself. But uh, one of my favorite moments in the game, it's all point and click. There's very little gameplay. Uh, one of my favorite moments in the game is when you're in the hospital, and I don't know if they just uh, conscripted a bunch of their friends or family or whoever on the Internet or whatever, but there was all these cards in the game sitting in the hospital that you could go up and read and it was personal messages from people uh to or about their loved ones who had fought cancer and had died or had fought cancer and had lived uh and for me that was really powerful just to read all those messages to people like and it was insane and there was hundreds of cards in the game and you i read i spent probably more time doing that in the game than i did anything else just reading all those personal notes uh to and from people with cancer uh but my favorite moment and this is a spoiler but i feel like this is the best way i can talk about this game my favorite moment in the game and for what what, the point in the game that made the game for me um you are joel's dad and you're in the hospital with him and joel's crying this child who is sick and dying of cancer and he will not stop crying. And no matter what you do, you cannot get him to stop crying. And for me, like that's the moment in the game where it said, this is why this game should be a video game. 
and not something else, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because I always look for that. Like, why make this into a video game? Why not just make it into, uh, you know, like a short on YouTube or something like that? Uh, because you're pressing and clicking and, you know, trying to find the trigger to stop your child who is sick and dying to stop crying and just get him to feel at peace and that you can't it's really hard to find it uh yeah so that you know that moment in that game sort of redeemed it for me because i did you know it did lose me here and there i thought some of the stuff got a little bit muddy but uh there is some good in it but do i think what was your original question dan what did you did you get anything from it like what is there anything any redeeming qualities about the the story i don't think i did i really don't like i didn't i don't think i took anything away from it like cancer is a tragic thing and children you know i'm the first one to stand up and say it's particularly tragic Mm -hmm. uh that's one of the reasons why i love doing the extra life thing so much you know a lot of those kids don't stand a chance and god bless them let's do the little that we can to help yeah but uh i don't think i really took anything away from it to be honest okay it's i i kind of expected uh life-changing no no, because like I didn't, I didn't walk away feeling any different about kids with cancer than I did before I played it. No, I'm talking about. Did you expect something life changing? Not really. I guess it kind of delivered what I expected. It's just, it's one of those things. It's, I guess, it's kind of the ambassador game kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like this is a game that you know you should show to people who think games are stupid and don't do anything meaningful Important, and all yeah. that, right? But as for me personally, like, did I grow by playing this game or anything like that? I don't think so. I don't know. I probably won't ever play it only because that's not – that's – as a parent, that's not something I want to experience even when told through someone else's story. Yeah. I I don't think I'm ever going to be able to play that. Yeah. It's too – Yeah. No, I, I totally hear you. I did like it, and it did tug on the emotional strings. Like, I did get uh, the catharsis and all that out of it. But yeah. uh, And it was really interesting, you know, to to see their personal story. Like I said, it's like a journal entry and see, like, how they felt at certain times. Right. Because um, it's a series of vignettes. It's scenes of, of the progression and all that stuff. And one of my favorite scenes is when you're sitting with the doctor and he explains to you that your son is terminal. Um, but it does a lot with symbolism and metaphors and stuff like that. It plays on the imagery in the game, and there's a lot of weird dream sequences and stuff that tries to speak to those things. Uh, but I do I think it's an important game? Yes. Did I get anything out of it? Nah. But it is, like I did, I did definitely feel something, and I uh-huh. think most people that play it would. You'd have to be dead inside not to. Yeah. How long is this game, did you say? Two hours. Just under two hours. Okay. Like an hour and 50 or something like that. Actually, it's funny. uh, I had to stop. I played it in two sittings because the first time I played it, I got motion sickness. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And it was really awful because if you force yourself through motion sickness, if you let motion sickness get worse, it's a really uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Uh it's worse than like hangover nausea in in my experience anyway. But, uh, I forced myself through it a little bit just cause I wanted to get through the whole game in one sitting. And it got to the point where I was like, 
tearing up and really nauseous. Oh. And I'm like, I just, I can't do this. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so I had to, I had to put it away for a, for a night, and then I picked it up the next day. Nice. But yeah, so that's I beat it. That dragon cancer. Yeah. Thanks, Will. No problem. I got to get a list. Put them on the list, Dan. I've got to get the list going. I haven't started it yet. We also have to go over our last year list. Oh yeah, we can do that today if you want. Yeah, if we have time. We're almost at two and a half hours already. Wow. Yeah. That's all I got for games. So okay. Maybe I'll play that tonight. Will. What do you got? I got a lot of stuff, Dan. Um, so I played and beat three games. What? Uh, Dying Light. Oh, good. Well done. Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Well done. Okay. Um, Modern Warfare 2 I'll start with, only because I'm playing through the Call of Duty campaigns, and that was the next one on the list, so I just kind of... I don't remember what I was doing, but I just played through it in, like, two sittings. And, you know, that's good, good campaign. Um, not a whole lot to say. Uh, but I did beat Dying Light. Now, the night that I recorded last, I said I was going to go home and beat it. Uh, so I did, and it was, like, 3 in the morning. Uh, I kept thinking I was, like, at the last part, but it kept kind of extending on. Yeah. Uh, and I was pretty tired. So, like, I was trying to do the parkour stuff at the end of the game, and I kept dying because I was so tired. It was a high spot. You probably kept falling off, right? <laughs> yeah, right before the the yeah. fight at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's exactly where I was falling. What did you think about the fight at the end? I was so tired that I had no thoughts. <laughs> okay. Just because I, I loved the game, yeah, and I think it's a great game. Uh-huh. Uh, but I had nothing going on for the last. Like I don't, I don't really get mad about quick time events anymore, really, yeah. uh, because I don't know how else they would have done the fight. Because you know when they do boss fights like that with like a one on one human, they're never really that good, in yeah. my opinion. It's just like I run up and knife him a couple times, and then run away. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I mean, so I was kind of okay, right? Yeah, I mean, I at least wanted like a fight, fight, because I wouldn't have, even if it was a very one-sided fight, and I won it handily. I probably would have preferred that, just because I wanted to, I wanted to beat the tar out of the last guy, you know? Yeah, um, and I, I never it. got that chance with with the uh, the quick time events. It's just you do that, and it's just yeah. kind of over. Refresh my memory. What do you mean? Name? It's you just fight you you do it you have a quick time event fight against a guy like up at the top of a tower, basically. Oh, but yeah. isn't isn't the lead into that or out of that very parkour? Yeah, up yes. to it. You have which to I, cl- which I struggled a with a lot of climbing and stuff. Uh, but one of the things the game does really well is it's it's obviously one of the games that you can continue after you beat it. But it gives a good explanation yep. for that because you're you're like not done saving people in the world, and it just kind of like a lot of them are just like will drop you off to back before you started the last mission or whatever. Um, this one, it's just you know you're you've completed everything, but there's still a ton of stuff to be done in in the city. So it just kind of you're just kind of still yeah, he there. Has a good, he has a good line to the the agency that he worked for at the end of the game. Yeah, about it uh, and why he wanted to stay. Yep. Um, 
And I didn't think the story was that bad. I no. thought the story was it was fine. Better better than most like games like that. Yeah. I don't remember the Dead Island story at all, but I remember this like this one was way better, yeah. I thought. Um I want to buy the expansion stuff, the <laughs> DLC. Does that work with uh you owning the game? Um no, I think you have to buy the game. I think. Uh, I don't think you can just buy DLC for a game that I own. I don't think. That makes sense. But you can if, a, if you own the game and the DLC, Dan will can play the DLC yeah, content, right? Yeah, I could get the DLC yep. at some point. Maybe I'll I buy want a to. Definitive edition. Oh, you do? Yeah, I want to get the DLC for because I like the game enough, and the the DLC is supposed to be a uh, significant addition to the game. So I hear it's awesome. Um, yeah. They know they're adding a Doom buggy. Mm-hmm or whatever to just ride around in and it's in the country which is a little bit different from what the uh, uh what the game had before in the city yep. i do want to say i like the second area way more i don't know if i said that the last time i was on the podcast yep. it felt more vertical uh, and i was able to connect my roof jumping way better than i was before um but yeah no i really really liked dying light it's good stuff um then I played Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I just started playing this like two days ago. I felt like it was time uh, to get back to it. And having not played the reboot for more than uh, 25 minutes or whatever, uh, Tomb Raider is unbelievably good. Uh, this one, I don't know. I talked to somebody at work who played Rise of the Tomb Raider, and he stopped playing it because he felt it was too much like the other one. Uh-huh. Uh, but... Not having experience with the other one, I thought this game was amazing. So I'm interested to get your guys' thoughts on on it. I just felt like it was so much fun. I loved the action in it. I liked the crafting. Uh, I thought the environments to the game were amazing. Just this game did a lot of good things. Uh, well, it did a lot right. And I don't know if I'm just in the mood for Tomb Raider too, if that helped. But as Eric said, it uncharted it did what uncharted does but like better uh-huh. i guess so uh it, it's the snow isn't it will <laughs> you know when I, it's funny you mentioned that the first half of the game which was in the snow i liked more than the second half of the game because it wasn't i just like being able to hunt bears in the blizzard oh, yeah. like that was awesome but yeah. uh it, that comes out this month right the end of the month on pc 29th are you getting it, Dan? Yeah. I yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to get it right when it comes out. Uh oh, I'll have to I'll have to wait till tax return, but I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean and XCOM is coming out like a week later, so Dan, you should yeah. let me buy a game. Yeah, you don't have to. I like Just... to have all the games that I want, you know. I like but I mean really? part of it is yeah. Part of it is I'm giving the giving the developer money for for mm-hmm. games. Um, and I just like to have well, that's a stupid reason. Well, I like to have unfettered. No, a- <laughs> I, I like to have unfettered access to to my games you know? until Steam goes down. Well, I, you could yeah. you could still play. Oh, you you mean when they finally shut Steam down in twenty yeah. twenty five thirty five? Yeah, when we have our second apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> Steam goes under. Yeah, that'd be horrible. Um. Yeah, uh, I love Tomb Raider. I want. I did a couple of the optional tombs. I think when I beat the game, I was at sixty percent completed. Uh, there's a lot to that game, 
And the puzzles for me, I'm not really good at like like figuring out puzzles and stuff like that. But they were hard enough to where I stopped to look at it for a little bit, but not long enough to where I had to look up anything. Mm-hmm. So that's like the perfect balance. Maybe to you, Dan or Corey, who are better at that sort of thing, you'll find them easy. Uh, I think Eric was in sort of where I am with it too, yeah. uh, which is good. I think that's that's like the perfect balance uh, for puzzles in a game. That's not a puzzle game. Right. But yeah. You should play the Talos Principle, Will. I don't think you would like it. I think Corey is the only one of us that would like it. I, I, like, Portal is another one that, like, doesn't really appeal to me too much. I don't know. It's just, I'm weird with puzzle games. I just don't really want to play them. Unless it's under the guise of a action-adventure game. Uh Uh-huh. Like Tomb Raider. Fair enough. But this game is beautiful. Just the landscapes, the tombs underground, like the water. Just it was so much fun, and I did not get bored playing it one bit. Good uh, story. I didn't really pay too much attention to toward, until the end. Yeah. Uh, but a great game. Are we getting it for Thummies this year? Since it's coming out on the other two platforms this year. Yeah. No, I don't. No, I don't like that. Why? I think it should only be considered for Thummies the year it releases. Yeah, but I had no access to it the year it released until it came out on PC. That's part of our thing. Right. right? No, I think it's fair that PC players have finally have access to it. So, I think it, it should have its own category. Uh, I don't know. I mean... It... It's I see both ways because it came out it's coming out on the it came out on one platform last year, but now it's coming out on the two this year, so like it's coming out more this year. I well guess. if if our thing if our thing is, you know, what uh not only what games do you think are worthwhile, but what platforms do you think are worthwhile then because you didn't have access to it. Yeah. That's your decision. Kinda. That's part of the yeah, part of the yeah yeah. That's the choices fair. you make along the way. That's a fair point. Looks like this game will just win 2016's 2015 game of the year, or yeah. it could have its own category. Yeah, because I feel like there's more of that going on now with timed platform exclusivity. Because yeah. there's yeah. a few indie games that are like that that are coming out this year that you know. Uh, well, Kingdom Come Deliverance is one that's coming out on PC in the summer. May come out this year for PS4 and Xbox One, but we don't know. There's no, yeah, there's no release windows for those yet. So, is it? Do we do the best remaster re-release category? Maybe I don't know. It would have to have its own very specific, very specifically worded category. Best game that came out on what pl- one platform a different year, but finally came out on this plat. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, you know that would be have it's, to be worded very specifically. It's just to give Tomb Raider another award, really. Well, yeah, I mean, to, uh, Tomb Raider won a couple awards, or was it yeah. one or two? Did it did it win two awards? It won the first two. Yeah. So deserving. What a game! Yeah. I can't wait to play it. it. So good. Uh, I mean, I'll just run through the other things I played through. Uh, Halo Five. Halo Five's great. I've been playing multiple a few multiplayer games every day or two days or whatever. I'm getting a lot better. <laughs> multiplayer? Yeah, multiplayer. How's that? I think it's great. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Skyrim, I've been playing a lot oh, of that. Yeah. The only reason why I stopped was to play Tomb Raider. 
But modded? I'm get back. Yeah, modded. I have the graphics looking real good. Uh, I did all of the Thieves Guild stuff. Nice. So I have the Nightingale armor, and I started Dawn Guard, and I'm at like 21 hours already. So like, nice. that just kind of shows how much is in that game. That guide worked for you. Yeah, it okay. worked great. Yeah. You really um, have to you re- I, you really have to do it right, or else you're just gonna like you completely screw up your game. Did you have to like start what? over, delete everything, and and reinstall it? Actually, no. no. I don't know. Everything just kind of worked oh, after good. I left Markarth uh, when I had everything modded. It didn't load. The game kept crashing because I had a mod, but I didn't have the other part of the mod to make uh, that part work. Gotcha. Mm. And I there, there's a few of those like sub mods that you need to have have other mods work, and it's not always clear um, yeah. in the mod description when that's necessary. But the, the like you said, that guide I used had everything working like perfectly. Exactly, and I didn't get boss to work though. Oh, really? Which yeah, I don't know if I was just being stupid and just couldn't get it. But I didn't even. But everything ran fine, good. and I don't. I haven't added any more mods. But Skyrim's so good. Yeah. Not game of the generation good, but really good. Oh it's, come on! Isn't that what we what we ended up picking? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where we all had different games in mind, but that was the Sky- only one we could we had in common. We could <clears throat> s- settle for. Yeah, I still stand by. We've had that experience with Oblivion and Morrowind. Yeah, that's fair. But you're, I mean, what my argument always is: it's it's gonna a game that's gonna live on for a very long time. Because you're playing it now. How, how, yeah, four and years it's also later. The, the best version of Oblivion and Morrowind, you know? Uh, Two great of, games. A lot of people would really argue the Morrowind. No way. I, well, I watched gameplay and I'm like, ugh. Initially, when Morrowind came out, comparatively, com- Morrowind compared to Skyrim when it first came out, Morrowind blew my mind. Yeah. Sure, Skyrim, yeah. not as much. Morrowind does not hold up at all. No. Which, the reason why I say that Skyrim not the game of the generation, because Morrowind came out for the first Xbox, yeah. and you got that sort of experience doing that. Yeah, I got it on Xbox, and then I bought it on PC later, so I could mod it. Incidentally, people are making Morrowind and Oblivion in the Skyrim engine. Yeah, I, so those never end up being finished. <laughs> because they were, they were supposed to do, they were doing Morrowind in, in the Oblivion engine. And just never. I hope they get them out, but it just never I, ends up working. Yeah, or they never wonder, end up finishing. This, oh, this reminds me. I ended up buying Oblivion Game of the Year for eight bucks on the Humble Store because they were doing a sale. Because I want to. I've never played Oblivion like more than two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. So it's okay. So yeah, everybody tells me Oblivion was the best, and I what don't understand who says how. that. Stuff that I read online, my friends. No. Some people love Oblivion. I, I of, of the three, Morrowind was my favorite, but it does not what hold up. What's wrong with you? What? Skyrim is by far the best. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying comparatively, I got a lot more out of Morrowind. Like I said, that's At game time I, of release. Exactly. Right? Like, okay. Exactly. Which makes Skyrim not game of the generation. Whatever. <laughs> I'm actually in agreement that it's game of the generation, but I, yeah, I'm, I don't have a huge issue with that. <clears throat> I will take that to my grave. I don't remember what I put uh, forth as my my top. It might have been Skyrim. No, I don't think it was. Corey and I put Mass Effect. I think Mass Effect Two was on my list. 
Yeah, Mass Effect Specifically two. Specifically two. I can't wait for the new Mass Effect, you guys. It's gonna Andromeda. be awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. I hope there's microtransactions all over the place. <laughs> I don't know that Bioware would be okay with that. Read this codex, pay ninety nine cents. Well, it's Bioware published by EA, right? Yeah. 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 But I think Bioware wears the pants in that relationship. Definitely. They can kind of do what they want. They've earned I enough mean, trust in- to Inquisition wasn't like was still really good. So yeah. It's not like they're yeah. going soft like Bethesda. Inquisition was good. I liked it. I know I was hard on it, but that was a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, I started Black Flag. I really wanted to play it. I started a lot of Assassin's Creed games. I started Rogue for like five minutes, but I stopped playing. Uh, I was just running through games on Curse when I was talking to one of my friends. And I started Black Flag. That game's so... it. I want to like once I started playing, I didn't want to stop. Yeah, the, all the pirate stuff is so good in that. Oh it's yeah, the best pirate game there is. And yep. then I saw I had it on one for, for my one for free, so I'm gonna play it on that. I yeah. think instead of PC because I want it, like the bigger, bigger screen. You could plug your computer um, into your TV. I could, but I'm lazy. I'm lazy. Do you remember too. how <laughs> excited we were for Matt? Or yeah, Mass Effect. Uh, AC three. Yeah. And how not excited we were for AC4. <laughs> and AC4 Boy. ended up being awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to go back and play AC3. Try. I'll never play that game again. That made me rage Bastard. quit, and I sold my Xbox 360 because of it. Yep. I was like, fuck this game and fuck this console. Yeah. That's, <laughs> After... Dan, that is not an overreaction either. No, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> I was actually telling Dan off Aircore before you got back that I'm in the market for a PlayStation 3, I think. Really? Yeah, I want to go back and play some of the other games that aren't remastered because I don't want to do PlayStation now because I can't even Skype without ruining the internet in the house. Yeah, yeah you had some. Uh, you had some. I noticed uh, you got a little choppy uh, parts. Figures. <laughs> I also Will have... got a little 19.99 on us. <laughs> when you're talking sound, earlier, sounding a little tinny. Oh, God. And I want to play the old PlayStation 1 games that they have on there. Um, and I don't want a 360 because 1 already has backwards compatibility. So, Will, you've got an offer in the chat for uh, PS3. So if you're there curious, you dive in. Really? Yeah. Tito, I would 100% buy your PlayStation 3. As long as it comes with all the games you got on it. Well, I actually uh, sold my PS3 to my roommate, and he created his own account on it, but all my downloadable games were available on his on his account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sony does that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now I want to yeah. play, like, five different games after Will's running through <laughs> these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tito. Black Flag is one of them I want to play. I have that on my... You play account. I got it with my video card. Speaking of Pirates of the cards. Caribbean. Yeah. I hated the Assassin's part. I hated the Assassin parts in that game, though. Because yeah. it still had the shitty controls. Yeah. Especially well, after the... playing uh, Syndicate. I don't know that I could go back and play with the shitty AC4 controls. Well, maybe. I could try it. What was the last good pirate game? Sid Meier's? Sid Meier's Pirates was fantastic. And in this... this week's humble bundle yeah probably i played a couple pirate games and none of them 
None of them really stood out. Oh, Sunless Sea. Sunless Sea is really good. Yeah. I haven't played that yet. Risen 2. Risen 2. No, not familiar. It was it's oh, a yeah, janky, Risen. janky RPG. Okay. Uh, what else did you play, Will? Fallout 4. Uh, the, I played Smite. Smite. Uh, I won't talk about that because we've been going long. Um, that game's fun. I'm not good at it. I like Heroes more. Uh, that's where I dedicate my time. But I wanted to talk about Fallout 4. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's talk let's about Fallout play. 4. <laughs> um, uh, one sec. Let me type this message to Tito. Will, uh, are you going to be positive on Fallout 4? So, I started playing it, and something hit me. I spec my character for intelligence, lockpicking, speech, uh, basically all that stuff to like get more lore out of the game from terminals, lockpicks, doing speech checks, and it hit me. There's Corey. no lore. No. In I went to a bunker i broke into the presidential bunker went to the computer hacked it and it was wiped by the brotherhood of steel i didn't get anything in a master locked area yeah um look there's never gonna be anything interesting that you'll find behind a locked pick door there's never gonna be anything interesting you'll find behind a uh computer console there's never gonna be anything interesting you'll find from even a speech check you might you know come to a resolution a little quicker but you're never going to discover anything interesting based on that Corey, this speech checks no i know i got like two in my entire playthrough on ps4 and i haven't gotten one on my pc playthrough yeah oh yeah so, so like i spec my character for combat now which is fine but the rpg elements there are none really like the special tree is fine and the perks, but they took out the thing that I love that made Fallout 4 in New Vegas awesome was being able to put your points in laser weapons, you know, melee weapons, speech, stuff like that. That's gone. So there's only the special tree with some perks, but like I and Dan, I know you disagree with us. I don't disagree with you. No, he okay. doesn't. He never disagreed. He just I still like the game. I think it's a good game. But looking back at Fallout 3 in New Vegas, like they are infinitely better games than 4. It's it well it makes you wonder like what what took so long. I said the same thing about Diablo when Diablo 3 came out. Like why did it take so long to come out with this? Yeah, you know they've been working on it for years. Right. And and it, I think honestly what I think personally think it is is the settlement building stuff yeah which is good but it's not implemented into the game to a point where it makes a lick of a difference yeah Yeah. you know yeah no that's why i didn't bother with that stuff i'm like why am i gonna waste my time with this if i'm not like enjoying doing it then why bother you know it's not gonna enhance my understanding of the game or you know the game world or anything like that it's just a, a silly aside that gives me a benefit in combat every now and again when I fire a flare. Yeah. No, and I don't I don't disagree with any of the stuff you said about it at all. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right about everything. It's just and, none of that stuff bothered me as much as as maybe you, it bothered you guys. I was just I, I was just happy with uh with with better combat in in yeah. Fallout. I get that too. Like I don't 
it's like I said, it's still a good game and it does a lot still right. Yeah. But I think they just kind of scaled back so much on the things that made the game. Uh, like Fallout 3 in New Vegas, like I didn't so much in New Vegas as I did 3, but like I beat that game like eight different times, did yeah. different stuff. Like um, another thing I really like about it is like the little pockets of civilization that are throughout the game. But like in Fallout 4, it was Good Neighbor and Diamond City really if you think about it for like civilizations they like expect you to build the rest of them and i don't really i don't want to spend time to build all of them yeah it will with me it's 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 sort of like you know i i i i expect my character uh based on the idea of access like you mm-hmm. talked about you know lock picking uh the computer hacking speech checks and when you're not rewarded for any of that throughout the game, and it's like, okay, I have this great lock, lock picking skill. Oh, here's the master lock. What's behind it? And it's just like, oh, here's some pre pre war money and uh, <laughs> some ammo. It's like, what a freaking waste, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'm spending all this time exploring. I want to be rewarded for that, and you never ever are. You might find a bobblehead, yeah, but like. Where's, like, the cool lore element? Like you were talking about, where's the cool lore elements? Where's the, the sense of discovery and reward when you find something that you could only find because your character was built the way they are? Yeah. You'd never see that. And there's two things. Uh, I think it was... Is it Pete Hines? Is he, like, one of the head guys of Bethesda? Yeah. It's not the dude who talked on stage, but it was... Well, Pete like, Hines is the one that talked on stage. Mm, maybe I don't know his name. It's not the guy who did most of the talking about Fallout 4. I can't remember the guy's name. He had. I'm going to look it up so I don't say the wrong person. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. Oh, it matters to me. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Pete Hines wasn't the guy on stage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, the Pete Hines is this guy. There's a picture of him saying something along the lines of that he doesn't have the the patience for like long dialogue which is what Bethesda games are like on uh, based of, like around the dialogue in the game you know what i mean yeah i got i don't have the exact quote but um he also said to somebody else that he's not interested in discussing how realistic things are in alternate universe post apocalyptic game with talking mutants and ghouls over like lore not being in there which is another thing, like, if you're making an open-world game full of content like this, like, why you should fill it with stuff, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I don't know. It's just hearing those things makes me a little nervous about, like, Bethesda games now. If, like, the next Elder Scroll games is going to be sort of like this, I don't think I'm going to want to like it as much. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I think Fallout Four is uh, the thing is I'm still gonna play it and I'm still probably gonna buy the DLC. But I just don't think it's. Uh, I I think if I were to if I played Tomb Raider last year, that game would probably have been four, and Dying Light would have been five. Mm-hmm. And Fallout wouldn't have been in my top five. Um, it's sad. I looked forward to this game and hoped for it and defended it for a while but now i'm just starting to be like on it 
but fair enough. I don't know. It's just for me, it just got so tiresome digging through trash and never being rewarded for it. Especially because I didn't build or make that many weapons because I don't know. I didn't feel like modding them. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, Tito asked a really good question in the chat. As someone who didn't play Fallout 3 and none of New Vegas, what's an example of that lore element from those games that stood out to you? Uh, So there'd be a lot of stuff talking about, like, pre-war, like, what happened. So, like, you'd be reading, like, why um, an example would be, like, what was the sun... It was the Robco stuff, the mm-hmm. robot company, and like you'd read through data like pre-war and stuff like that, and get information about like what happened before the war, and like how different companies like uh, Nuka-Cola sprouted about like during like the war and whatnot. And you just like get stuff about like everything that happened before the war, during the war, and like because it was like two hundred years after. Yeah, like, you get stuff like about that before it and stuff. It's just reading all that stuff, but like. It's just, like, bad, like, now it's just, like, bad email stuff. Like, I don't know. It's hard to And, you, well, you go into an area, and every computer terminal says the same thing. Yep. I don't, that wasn't the case in the previous Fallout ones. Like, each each terminal you unlocked had something different referenced yep. in it. Yeah, like, in Fallout 3, it talked about, like, uh, I think it was a missile silo that talked about uh, the where it was sending missiles to, like in China, to bomb them back. Yeah, and you could still send it if you wanted or not. Yeah, and it just talks about like the attack and like China <clears throat> starting it or whatever. I don't know. I just feel like in Fallout Four there wasn't any of that. Granted, I haven't played it to the extent that I played Fallout Three and even New Vegas, but it doesn't <clears throat> seem to be there. Yeah, I mean, I played a lot of Fallout Four, and I dug through a lot of trash. Yeah. And I was, I don't know, I, I I just didn't get, I didn't get out of it what I got out of the other games. I don't know. The thing I liked about Fallout 4, and I mean, I don't even know if you did this mission well, but there's, I spent my entire time, like, building, I did a fair amount of building, but I also, I, I really enjoyed the weapon modding part of it. That, yeah. that was something else I enjoyed, but I like doing the side missions. <clears throat> did you do the one with the one with the robots on the ship? I, no, I haven't, and I want to do That's, that because that sounds awesome. Yeah, that was a, that was a really really cool mission with a really interesting uh, ending ending to it, and uh, mm-hmm. I guess it continues on. I haven't done that, but <clears throat> the only thing I got from wandering and exploring things is the occasional extra side mission. Uh, for example, it was I was playing last week, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. and I I came across a child trapped in a fridge. And it turned out to be a <clears throat> ghoul child trapped in a mm. fridge. And when he comes out, you know, he's he's wants his parents, but he's a ghoul. You're like, well, your parents are probably dead. But yeah. he wants to go back to his home anyway. Um, and you, you know, escort him to his home through a couple battles and stuff. And it turns out, well, no, his parents aren't dead. They're ghouls, too. They're, they're ghouls, so too. So it's a nice little heartwarming moment. But that's the stuff. That's the enjoyment that I got out of Fallout 4 was, was doing those side missions uh, by exploration, maybe not so much See, the lore stuff, but the side the side missions from it. I haven't done those side missions, and it's weird because when <laughs> I was playing on PS4, I wasn't getting any side missions, no matter what I did. The mm. only missions I kept getting were the stupid repeatable. Ones. Oh yeah, yeah, were the Minutemen one Ugh. and the Brotherhood of Steel ones, and I was like, where are the missions? I just and stopped I doing that stuff. Too. I stopped doing that stuff eventually. 
But the problem is, is like if you even are near Preston Garvey, he's like, oh, I have something yeah, for you. No, everyone like, hates well, him. <clears throat> yeah, there's the, so many memes. Like I've got something different for you this time. I keep seeing that on <laughs> yeah Reddit and stuff. But even the missions I discovered, I didn't, I didn't think they were as interesting and exclusive to the Fallout universe as they should be, as they were in the other Fallout games. Really, I really didn't. Well, I mean, I, I, I mentioned in the chat, like, little going to Little Lamplight, like, the, the city of all the kids and stuff in the in uh, Fallout 3. Mm. And, or was that New Vegas? No, that was 3. That was three. No, no, that was New Vegas. Was it? No, Little Lamplight was in 3. Yeah. Um, there was also the mission in Rivet City where you find out that the security guard is actually a droid. <clears throat> yeah. But here's the thing. The two missions Dan talked about are cool. And can I get into spoilers? Is that going to be an issue? Yeah, get into spoilers. Who cares? It's been out for... As long as it's not, like, main, late story stuff. Uh, this one's late story for Brotherhood. Sort of. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of them talks about Paladin Dance, and he's actually a synth. Oh, oh no I kidding. Did, I did and he run And he runs away because they're not happy with him. And this is when you're pretty high up through the Brotherhood of Steel. You use your clout with Elder Maxon to um, let you keep Paladin Dance around because he's been loyal and he hasn't turned coat at all. Um, so, like, I didn't know he was a synth. Like, my friend Tom told me that. And, like, that sounded cool. Maybe I chose the wrong faction. But from what I've played, I haven't seen anything cool like that, really, other than, like, um, Fort Hagen, which was pretty cool. <clears throat> a couple like cool yeah. combat scenarios where like all of the factions are fighting in one spot but i did a bunch of the railroad missions yep and i can tell you there is not one cool railroad mission which is disappointing because the nothing railroad... interesting railroad... Like, oh go pick up the drop it's like uh okay and then and it's... it's just going to pick up a drop it's and stupid it... And it sucks because the railroad is one of the more compelling factions, and I think like yeah. if you tell me the brief synopsis of all of them, like that sounds like the coolest. Yeah, and even like uh, uh, Tinker Tom, great yeah. character. They don't take advantage of that. No, you, they, he wants to go set up Mila's everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's a repeatable mission. It's like I, I, don't I did a bunch of them thinking I would get something out of it, but he just kept saying like, "Oh, got another one for you. Got another one for you." Did you Did you guys do the time. Did you guys do the missions for John Hancock and Good Neighbor? No. I did some of them, yeah. Are those good? I yeah. Mean... The one with this did you do the one with the serial killer? The guy that kills the bandits? Yeah. Didn't you think that was cool? No, yeah, that was cool. That was one of the examples of a cool side mission. It was just like <clears throat> I can't tell what's um repeat like just repeatable yeah. missions and whatnot. Like it's to the point where I'm worried to do one side missions. Because I don't want it to be like the endless whatever. Like yeah. I'd like to have a, you know, a resolution to the missions I'm doing instead of yeah. repeating. Yep. So like an I'm arc. Worried. Yeah, an arc. I pretty much got to the point where anytime like someone would say, "Oh, you need to go save or rescue," uh, I guess it was rescue a kidnapped citizen from this settlement. I just stopped doing those things because those are the radiant, radiant yeah. missions that that got to be annoying. So, I mean, yeah, there are, like, cool side missions. I don't know, maybe if it's nostalgia, that's, like... It's Well, it, the thing is, Will, is it probably is, and yeah. I think it is for me, too. But we're at the point now where a game like Fallout 4 should do way more than what, you know... You know what I mean? 
yeah. than what we remember Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas did. And and I don't think I really don't think it did. Yeah, I mean, I really like the building, but I feel like they took out everything else I loved about it, which was the small pockets of civilization and the RPG elements and stuff. Like, I would be able to build my character to do what I wanted, but I can't, like, do any of the things. It's not worth it to do the things that I used to be able to do in the game, basically. Yeah. There's no point in putting anything in intelligence unless you want to do the gun nut stuff. Same thing with uh, speech. Like, there's really no reason. No. You don't don't ever don't worry about lock picking. You're never gonna find anything worthwhile. No. no, like you might as well just go straight combat and just fight through everything and find yeah. the security passwords and the keys to open up everything. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Hundred percent. It makes me really sad because I really, really want to love this game more than three in New <laughs> Vegas, but I just don't think I will. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, if they, I mean, if they could do the combat of Fallout 4, even the settlement building of Fallout 4, and put it in with the RPG systems of New Vegas, it would probably be the yeah. perfect perfect game. Because I, I hope... the factions, I thought, the faction system in New Vegas was fantastic. Really yeah. fantastic. I, I, like, I don't understand why I can't have... I, why do I have to kill every faction? I really think that they wanted to make a more broadly appealing game i think that's that's what it boils down to they wanted to make and i'm i'm sure the sales numbers will end up saying that fallout 4 was a much bigger seller than maybe even fallout 3 and new vegas combined i don't know but i bet you the sales figures are going to be a lot higher which to them means oh keep doing this right You'll have Let's to, you know, stripping what? the RPG elements and <laughs> just turn into a shooter. You know what? You're gonna have, yeah. you're gonna have to w- wait like a year and <laughs> revisit the revisit the mods because I yeah. guarantee that players will figure out a way to put all those all those awesome uh, uh, me- like RPG mechanics and systems back into the game. Because that's the number one complaint from Fallout fans. Already. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before that comes out. So. And there's another cool mod that's being worked on. It allow it's a weather like a weather dynamic weather. So every certain amount of days, it'll be a certain season, and then it'll yeah. go into like if I it's saw summer, it'll go to fall, mm-hmm. and then it'll go to winter, and then it'll go to spring, and it just cycles through. Yeah, I saw the seasons like, one. It's awesome. Like that that looks awesome, and like I think that gives the game a little bit more appeal, uh, other than it being the same. Uh, drab basically which i don't care because i understand the environment that it's in but it would be cool to have a little bit more yeah. uh weather variants no the, the, season, game. the seasons one looks cool i was gonna give that a try if dragon's dogma wasn't out yeah so. is it out already yeah i think so oh, okay I think you yeah can maybe i'll do it, it then okay but, i mean that's it for my fallout dialogue i wanted to i had the realization i knew Corey would really appreciate it of course he does. will how much trash did you dig through uh, as soon as you started talking about it, Corey just got this giant shit-eating grin on his face. He was so happy. Yes, he was. <laughs> oh. I'm, I, I'm... I still, uh, I still had fun with Fallout Four. Yeah. I really did, but I just think it's uh, uh, step back. And I'm not. I don't even disagree step. with you guys. I just, I just had more fun with it than than you did. Yeah, and, it, and you found cool quests, like t- at least two cool quests from what I. Oh, I found a lot of them. That's just a uh, small sampling. <clears throat> My, go ahead, Will. 
I was going to say, my playing of Fallout 4 isn't done. It's just I'm kind of mad right now, I guess. Yeah. So. Nick Valentine saved the game for me. I actually really like all the companions, really. I like Piper. I like Nick Valentine. Really like dog meat. Yeah. Because he didn't judge me for siding with the Institute. (laughs) 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 So. And I thought the main story was really good. I knew a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually thought it was really good. Really good. Yeah, I liked it. So, it's okay. I think it was the best main story for a Bethesda game yet. Yeah, I won't disagree with that, but so. that still just makes it okay in my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is. It is a pretty low bar. Yeah. <laughs> I would say Fallout Four, then Fallout Three. For like the arc of stories. Yeah, I, I didn't thought care Skyrim much for New Vegas' story. New Vegas' story wasn't very good either, I don't think. Yeah. No. Well, the cool thing with know. that. I don't, well, that's an Obsidian game. I kind of count it separately. Yeah. But They did come out and say they'd be willing to do more Fallout. They, if they did, and they made it. It's got to be weird for Bethesda that peop, you spent all this time making this game, and people want another developer. People to are do pining it. for New Vegas. Yeah, they might do it because didn't New Vegas come out like a year, or was it years. two years? Two years after Fallout Three. I think it was two. I think it was two. So I mean, they may already be working on the way he worded Fallout. it. He didn't just completely deny. He said. Something along the lines, yeah, it was two years, uh, along the lines of we're not against it and we have something else being developed, but you never know, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're working on one. A more more uh, hardcore Fallout experience. Yeah. Fallout New Orleans. Nolens. There's a lot of cool areas that they could go to in, fall, in the Fallout universe. China. Come on. Alaska. There was oh, one next, in Alaska. Yeah. <clears throat> one of yeah, the DLCs. Yeah, they just... Yeah, they briefly did Alaska, so they oh, could do a right. lot there. Yeah. But I think that was that was during the war, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before everything ended. Yeah. So okay. Let's move on, shall we? Did you play anything else, yeah. Will? No, I ran through everything. Okay. Feedback. Corey, you want to compile the feedback? Yeah, uh can I run and take a pee break really quick? Yeah, sure. Alright. You guys can talk. I, I it'll be two seconds. Two seconds. All right. Dan, I got a question for you. What's up? It's unrelated to video games. Nashville getting Jonathan Druin? I don't know. I mean, if they can not give up much for him, I'd be fine with that. I mean... I wouldn't want to give up a Seth Jones, you know, another Seth Jones yeah. for him. Uh, I know a lot of people... I'm kind of... His attitude. Yeah, that's worrisome, definitely, but... It might just be his, you know, his situation wasn't good with uh, with the team. Ryan Johansson's been good for Nashville. I was going to say, he's had a point pretty much in every game, right? Yeah. Uh, in a maybe, couple in a few games. Maybe not against Chicago. But, yeah, I think he's got, like, ten points in seven games or something like that. So Our scoring woes haven't been solved, but they're, they've Rene, definitely gotten better. At least, at least Rene played better today. Yeah. Yeah, like tonight, Johansson had a goal and an assist. So that's good. There you go. And it's funny. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the Columbus game today, and Bobrovsky got hurt again. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I um, have in my other fantasy league. So 
they brought him back too early again. Uh, and the top defensive pairing for Columbus is Ryan Murray and Seth Jones, uh-huh. and they were plus one. Uh-huh. Everybody else was like minus three. Yeah, Seth Jones has done really well for Columbus already. I feel really bad for Seth Jones right now. Yeah. Well, he's he's the number one D man probably on them yeah. where he was on the third pairing in Nashville, so Yeah, he's number one now, then Ryan Murray is number two. Yeah. So it's good for his yeah. career, I think. Mm-hmm. Well a lot of people are saying now that uh if Columbus can get a red of a few more bad contracts, that their defensive core is gonna be real good when everybody comes up and then if they yeah. get Austin Matthews. Yeah. Are they that bad? Yeah, they're yeah. atrocious. I mean, Brodsky got hurt again. Yeah, for the fourth time. And their like... two their two goalies are both like twenty one and twenty two or something like that. Their other yeah, they're they're all both AHL right now, yeah. and I don't know. It's bad because Columbus is one of those teams that I kind of like because I like how they play and they have a lot of Rangers and I just yeah. feel bad. <sighs> okay, ready? Yep. Yeah. I know we had one from Jake last week that we missed, so we did get that one, and and then I don't know if we got anything new. We had uh, last time I checked. We got a message from Tito. Okay. Tito from LA here. So I played most of Undertale. I'm at the very end, I think. My expectations of Undertale, I think, soured the experience some. Yeah, I can something see I was afraid would happen. When hearing about Undertale from others and their excitement about mentioning the game, I had the impression that the story was stellar, and it was one of those things where there's a couple twists either at the end or throughout the game. So while playing, I was looking at it as more of a story experience and not so much as an actual RPG. The effect this had was it made the game feel longer because I would get annoyed at random encounters or anytime I felt dragged the game on or something slowing the pace for me. Essentially, playing 10 minutes of this game felt like I was putting in an hour, and knowing the game was around 8 hours long, I groaned. It was a real bummer, and for the most part... I have myself to blame because Undertale is an actual RPG and not so much like a journey experience. My thoughts overall of the game, meh. Yeah, that's fair. So, even though I'm at the very end of Undertale, I moved on to Life is Strange. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Undertale a little bit before we move on to the rest of Tito's email? Sure. I, I was kind understand of, him. I was totally in the same boat. I, I honestly didn't end up loving the game until pretty close to the end myself. Um, was the final boss fight, Dan? That was part of it, yeah. Uh, the stuff that happens after the final boss fight and the the events that happen in subsequent playthroughs are what really intrigued me about the game. Okay. So that was that was where it was for me. The music all the way through. Um, I'm I was the same way. I the random encounters kind of annoyed me, especially since once you saw an enemy once, you knew like if you were doing a pacifist playthrough, I guess once you once you knew like what to do, that kind of ruined it, you know. Yeah. So and also him talking about his expectations soured. I can yeah. Totally, oh yeah. Totally definitely. That. Definitely. Because that's why I think uh, I didn't enjoy the game until the very very end. So that's the fair fair assessment. Dito. Absolutely. Uh, as someone who didn't love the game, just liked it. Yeah. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, I moved on to Life is Strange. Good choice. This was more of a game I wanted to play, I realized, because it's light on gameplay and is more story-driven, which is what I'm in the mood for at the moment, because much of my actual gaming is dedicated to Rocket League right now. (laughs) I really enjoy Life is Strange, and I wanted to bring up something that ties into the Ambassador Games category. Mm -hmm. What won our Ambassador Game of the Year? 
Mm. I typed them up to you, Corey. Did you get my email with yeah, all the winners? Yeah, I got it. I okay. can I can call it up. Because uh... I don't think I saved it. Did Did Life is Strange win? Oh no, I got I got it right here. Ambassador game. Yeah, because yeah. I know I gave it one. Life is Strange, yeah. Okay. Um, getting back to Tito's point. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, making decisions is a great game mechanic because it's something everyone is familiar with, even non-gamers. And a lot of the time, making decisions is very engaging because once you decide, there's no going back. We make decisions all the time in real life. So a game like Life is Strange, The Walking Dead game, etc. are really fun because anybody can connect with being given a choice and having to deal with the consequences of that choice. Life is Strange takes that to a fun level where we can see different consequences due to the rewind feature. So generally when I think of an ambassador game in the future, I'll try to pick something that makes fun use of making decisions in a video game where there are forks in the road or choices to be made until dawn. Life is Strange are two I'm familiar with from 2015 because they lay it out very clearly and a girlfriend, boyfriend or significant other who isn't into video games will be able to connect to that game mechanic easily. Tito out. Totally. That's a great point that I, I don't yeah. know that I've ever heard someone bring up that point before in, in, in discussions of those types of games, but he's absolutely right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, well, I mean, that, that's a, that's one of the reasons I thought my girlfriend would really enjoy it is it's light on gameplay. Yeah. Turns out she didn't because as a video game, she was expecting, uh, More as she said, shooting and jumping. Right. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, you know, that wasn't there, but no, I, I'm, I'm with Tito on that. And, uh, that's one of the things that really endeared me to that game was, you know, your life is a series of decisions. Um, and how cool would it be to go back and see what would happen if you made a decision different from, you know, yeah. what you actually did. Yep. Life so. is decisions, good and bad. Life is strange, man. <laughs> you know? I will get to that sometime this Corey, year. No worries. We and Corey still have to do our playthrough. Yeah, we're gonna do, we should let Dan do the playthrough, and you and I could spectate. Yeah, I don't know if I want that kind of pressure on my shoulders. Oh, I won't. I'm not gonna put any pressure on you. You will judge me. Can will it take away from your experience, Dan? If Corey and I watch and comment, yeah, yeah, and snicker. Oh, Dan, you're such an idiot. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, why'd you choose that? Yeah. You're right. Maybe Corey and I should do it, or wait for you to finish. Yeah, I mean, once I get it get it going, like I'll probably play it in a couple nights. Yeah, I did it in two sittings. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Idaho Jake's feedback from last week that Dan and I missed. Hey guys, not much to report on except I'm going to try and platinum Fallout Four. Wow. Not going to say anything about the thummies, except I agree that the console war should be taken out and replace it with best exclusive. He's referring, of course, to the infamous <laughs> best console best arguments console argument. that plague the thummy awards every, every year. year. Um, at least at least this year it was about first place and not second place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a positive. Good point. <laughs> Uh, I will, however, take this moment to point out that my justifications for this year were the same as my justifications last year. However, last year I caught hell for it. This year I didn't. So. Uh, well, didn't you pick opposite systems? Yeah. You were Xbox One the first year and PS4 yep. the second year. And for That's... the same reason, better that blows, exclusives. That blows my mind. Why? 
Xbox had the better year. Exclusives? It's not only about exclusives. It's about so much more. Well, that's what the argument was about. But I said over and over again, as I did last year, for me, it's just about games. I guess guess it's really hard to argue it when Dan and I had more criteria to it than you and Eric. Oh, yeah. And that's why we said over and over again, maybe we shouldn't do the category the way that we do it, which is what Jake is suggesting, replace it with best exclusive. Even if if it's one you didn't play? Huh? Even if it's one you didn't play, I think you had to have played it. Yeah, I mean, I played a little bit of Bloodborne. Yeah, five or six hours. I I think best exclusive is a really good category to replace it with. Honestly, well, well, go ahead, I mean, yeah. for our voting our our voting system, I mean, we all have a Wii U, so those would automatically be pushed. But part of that is because. You know the the value of the right. the Wii U. You know, yeah. But I've also borrowed con. I mean, I borrowed a console to play Bloodborne. Yeah, so did I. So did I. So I mean, I would I would have cut somebody uh, over until dawn. Yeah, here. I don't think there's a right answer because for me, like I said uh, during the thummies, for me that category has always been about like appeasing the console war people. Yeah. Uh, but my answer to that is because I have a PC uh, is always best exclusive, right. which has been criticized because you can't take into account the what you already have. But Dan's argument, it's... I think, was, yes, you can, because that's how we do all our awards. And I think it's just super murky. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a right answer to it. Yeah. I say we keep doing it because I think the arguments are fun. <laughs> I, I enjoy it myself. Yeah. Sometimes they're fun. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not the main one both times. Depends yeah, on. It's fun. <laughs> That's why this year I was laughing about it and I was loving it. I kept agging everybody on a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Dan and I had to. <laughs> Dan and I were getting Well, I was getting vocal. Dan wasn't. Dan doesn't get vocal. Me. No. Uh, now for question of the week. This question of the week is two-parter. First, what game work you like VR to do? What game work you like what? VR to do? Mm, that's a tough question for VR. Wait, um, what's it asking, Will? Do you understand it? What game would you like to have for VR? What game work you like VR to do? I think would it's, you it's, like it's virtual would you like, reality. Yeah. Would, would you, you like, like VR to do? Oh, okay. Corey and Numbnuts. Um, Pokemon Go. I'd be in for Pokemon. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, Pokemon That's Snap. More, yeah, Pokemon Snap would be good. I, I still say the camera. I, I still say the VR, at least as of right now, does better as a stationary thing. I know the Vive is going to have some movement stuff, but. Um, I don't know. I, I still think the piloting driving games are, are where it's at. I would like to play Dirt Rally uh, with a full steering wheel and stuff in, in a VR headset. I think that would be amazing. What, Scream Ride? What's that? It's that game where you build roller coasters uh, and they crash and I don't stuff. like roller coasters all that much, so that wouldn't really appeal to me. Okay. I'd like, I'd like games like Proteus, you know, very... Uh... <laughs> Trippy? trippy games yeah. you know where you're just kind of immersed in an environment like journey i think would be cool flower flower yeah. would be really cool in vr 
I actually heard a discussion about VR that said it's not going to be it's not going to be gaming that pushes VR. It's going to be no, not even. Uh, they specifically re- referenced like sporting events. Really? Yeah, like Ooh. like uh, football. Like a referee cam. Referee cam or player cam, um, where you can. I mean, obviously they would have to Oof. get the camera right, but I mean, how cool would that be to like? Well, look at things through the eyes of a player in like full three D and stuff. I agree with you, but then why haven't we already seen GoPro footage of like a quarterback? It's not the same if you're not like in it, you know. Well, no, it's I still, agree with you. It's I think st- VR would be superior, right. but if it, it seems like there should be a stepping stone, and we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Well, I, as I said, they they talked about having to get the camera right, but because again, I think gaming will have very specific experiences that work for it. Um. Maybe not on a broad appeal, but like I don't know. I just can't picture Call of Duty being fun to play in VR. You know? No. Oh no. Wait, motion sickness. <laughs> not even that, but well, just off the your whole... point, Dan. Yeah, go ahead. One of, one of my favorite bits from uh, that movie with Mark Wahlberg, where he plays for the Eagles. Uh huh. What's that movie? Uh, Unbreakable the, uh... or something? Unbreakable. You know, such as an E. Wait, what was the invincible? Invincible. Invincible. Yeah. Well, uh, my two favorite scenes from that movie is when it's like his point of view on a kickoff. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 So I can totally see your. I mean, if, yeah, I think if that, if that sort of thing is done right, like that would be fantastic, you know? Yeah. Totally agree. Um, uh, (laughs) Jake's second part of this question is are you going to watch porn in vr the answer is yes absolutely yes for, for science <laughs> for science purposes yeah i mean we've got to test uh, it out and let the consumers know whether that's it's worth viable it. yeah so yes that we for also, feedback? no we had a, a question on facebook cool. to come through and uh also in the chat we have a message from rub my nipples with mayo it's X, X-rated. I can't read it a lot aloud, but nice. uh, I'm going to read this this Facebook question mm-hmm. from Ryan Holmes. Ryan in Michigan. Uh, Ryan in Michigan says, "I have a question for you all. How do you sleep at night?" To which I ask the clarifying question: You mean literally, like how many pillows and stuff, or metaphorically, as in how do we feel about being such assholes? And his answer was. <laughs> Well, now I'm more interested in how you literally sleep. Uh-huh. So, there's the question. Okay. Well, you go ahead first, Corey. Um, we're currently in a full-size bed, full-size bed, me and the lady. Um, I've just recently switched to a single thin pillow versus a couple thicker pillows. Uh... And then because she's a blanket, the the lady's a blanket hog. I have my own blanket on the bed that I yeah, use. We use separate blankets too. Yep. It's better that um, way. It's not a super heavy quilt. It's a light quilt. I don't know if you guys remember it, but it's one we used to have back when we were kids. It's the white uh, white quilt with a blue underside. S- underside. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think the one I have is the one that had the paint, the brown paint stain on the corner. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know exactly That's the one I use about. for my blanket. Nice. Um, 
but she's a she's a bed in a blanket hog, so I end up with about an eighth of the bed by the time I wake up in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, I do not sleep well. I re- I really don't, and she knows it. I tell her all the time uh, when she's not there, I sleep a hundred times better. <laughs> so nice. But we actually sitting right next to me. I'm pointing at it right now. If you can see me on camera, is our queen size bed that we just got. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just haven't gotten sheets and a frame for it yet, so. Maybe that'll help a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't take any medication before bed or anything like that. I'm a pretty good sleeper. Always have been. Hit the pillow and I'm out. You should do a little nightcap. Sleep better. Little little nip of grandpa's cough medicine. Yep. Yeah. I don't need it. I sleep good. I pass pass right out no matter what. I fall asleep really fast, but I'm, I'm, I'm... kind of a light sleeper my daughter wakes me up at least once a night for a bottle we're trying to break her of that yeah man it's not easy i don't sleep very much though i usually go to bed at 1 30 at the earliest usually 2 or 2 30 get up at oh 8 probably when the kids get up sometimes they'll let me sleep a little bit later than that but not usually that's not terrible though no it's it's enough for me yeah, six hours is is usually I can function on six. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not I don't f- usually feel any more rested if I get eight. It's about the same, you know. There was a good article out. I forget what publication, but uh, it was about this guy who has five kids uh, and never slept, like as a teenager and through his twenties and thirties. How do you never survive? slept? What? I mean, he slept, but like just like a not, few hours yeah, a night. He called really. it his second work day. From like ten to three, uh-huh. um, that's the time he played. Because he, I don't know what he does uh, specifically, but he consumes popular culture and you know spits it back out. Uh, and that was what he called his second workday from like ten to three a.m. He did that every day, wow, huh. for much of his life. Uh, and only recently started taking Ambien, <laughs> <laughs> and he said it's totally changed his life. And he's missing out on his quote unquote second work day, but he feels a lot better throughout yeah, the day. I can see that. So, I don't know. That's pretty. I mean, that's my game time. Yeah. Between depending on when we can get the kids to bed, ideally it's about nine o'clock, but sometimes it leaks into nine thirty or ten o'clock, depending on how difficult they're being. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's. I mean, not three. Sometimes three. Depend. Like when we were watching Game of Thrones, we would go to bed at three or three thirty. Oh, that's crazy. Um, and get up when whenever the kids got up, but can't do that. Yeah. For me, I'm a two pillow person. I have a a foam contour pillow and then a like a thinner pillow on top of that. Um, and then me and my wife also have separate blankets. That's really the way to go. Absolutely, it is. Um, sometimes if it's really cold, we'll like we'll have our own separate blankets, but then throw a heavier blanket over the top of both of us. But that's only if it's cold, and it's not yeah. that often. But I like a mattress low to the ground. I don't like a box spring. Uh, we're going to get a, a platform bed, but right now we're just mattress on the floor. But we're going to get a nice low platform bed. I'm with you, man. Mattress on the floor. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's how uh, when I lived in the studio apartment, mm-hmm. that's all I had was a mattress on the floor. And it yeah. was great. Yep. Yeah, it weird. I don't like uh, – because for a while we had like a tall bed and a box spring and stuff, and it was like four feet off the ground and – I like yeah. to like I like to sleep with my arm like hanging off the side like laying on the ground. I yeah. just love that. I don't know why. 
but I don't, I don't, I didn't, I did not sleep well on the high bed. We did not have that for very long. I could see that. It was scary. (laughs) (laughs) Too high. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what about you, Will? Uh, I sleep it with it completely dark. No lights. If I have any light on, it bothers me enough to where I can't sleep. So it's pitch black. It's freezing cold. (laughs) Um, I have my door closed and it's about like 10 degrees outside. So my room's cut off from heat. I have a Yankee blanket, a quilt and a heavy blanket on me with four pillows (laughs) on a fairly large bed. And that's how I sleep. You're a psycho sleeper. All all stretched out. Do you know what the funniest part is? Mom recently had to attach my sheets to the bed because I sleep so rough that they get, they like come off. Mm. Attaboy. So they're they're, they're strapped in. Nice. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Just briefly, I will say one sleep hack I discovered for myself that works pretty well is putting a pillow uh from my abs up to my chest the long way uh-huh. uh underneath the sheet and for whatever reason that pressure on my chest and stomach keeps me from rolling around all night really yeah it's interesting i uh, roll around a lot too maybe i should try that try it yeah yeah try it heavier the pillow the better sounds right. good I can't sleep on my back, though, because then I get sleep paralysis. I always sleep on my back. I'm a side sleeper. Yeah, I am, too. Uh, Well, what about this? What about metaphorically? How do we sleep when we're such assholes all the time? (laughs) Uh, Uh, Really really dark room. (laughs) Four pillows, three blankets. It's usually that I'm going to bed so late that if I didn't fall asleep immediately, it'd be weird. Yeah. You know? Gotcha. Oh, the most important part of my ritual is at least one episode of The Office before I go to bed. Oh, yeah. We put on Futurama every night at at bedtime, and I usually won't make it through half of an episode before I'm asleep. Same. So I'm always constantly watching The Office because of that. Yeah. Took me four nights to watch Pirates of the Caribbean for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Always been a good sleeper. All right. Any other thoughts? No. Do we have no. a Do we have a topic we, for next week? That's what I was going to ask. What are we doing next week? I don't know. I got nothing right now. Let's have Eric on for more Fallout Four talk. We could do the Westport Independent. Kind of be hard to do a whole whole episode about that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll think of something. Yeah, Off we always air. do. Uh, probably looking at Thursday again, most likely. Uh, that's the best day, uh, at least for me. It's my favorite day. Yeah. Thursday. Hate, I hate recording on Wednesdays. I have too much to do on Wednesdays. So if we don't have to, uh, yeah, that'll do it for episode two thirty five of the thumbstick athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement.